The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Now join out now with Aaron and Abe already in progress. We are now recording, and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron. And Abe is unfortunately not here, uh, but we will carry on anyway. He's he's got busy weeks, guys, but we'll make do. We got we got a lot of people here. Got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, out now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss new movies weekly. However. Every now and then we have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. This is one of our fun commentary tracks. It is December 2020, the end of a very long year, and uh, there is not a new Star Wars movie opening this year, as has been the case for the past several years, excluding one where we had Solo, of course. But the Mandalorian's still going, so we still got some Star Wars in the air. But regardless, the tradition here has been to talk about a Star Wars movie for a commentary track per year. And we've done a lot of them. We're now starting the sequel trilogy because we are going to talk Star Wars, colon, The Force Awakens for this month's commentary track. And joining me to discuss The Force Awakens, we have host of The Brandon Peters Show. He didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. It's Brandon Peters. Hey, ready to talk about uh, Star Wars, a sequel to Return of the Jedi, as George Lucas always envisioned it. Oh, I'm also, sorry. Nope. No, it wasn't. Nope. Sorry. Messed that up. <laughs> Also joining us from the Milky Way Blues, proud member of Kanji Club, it's Yancey Burns. Hey guys, how's it going? Glad to be here. And we have from Why So Blue, He Can Fly Anything, it's Peter Paris. Yo, yo, hey everyone. And lastly joining us from Mdor Express, he used to think the Force was a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but now he realizes it's all true. It's David, yeah. How you doing? How are all of you doing this evening? I'm excited to talk about this one. I am. And do, do you, uh, Aaron and David, maybe uh, my Facebook, um, you know, your Facebook memories today. Uh, so a year ago today, I know Aaron, I don't know if David, but Aaron and I were at uh, Rise of Skywalker. Oh, and was Cats. It was, it was the double feature oh, of Rise I, of Skywalker screening and across the street. What a day. Uh, that was, yeah, Anna, Anna and I did not do the Cats double feature. We did we did see Rise of Skywalker for the Oh, that's right. I saw it in the morning. You, you saw waited it yeah. nighttime. Yeah, we went at night. David, had you not already Not because seen we wanted to miss Cats, of course, just because that was the best, best time that worked for us. Because, David, you always see stuff early. Did you Had you gone at this point? For, to Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah, I was at the premiere. Oh, so yeah, he had already seen it. <laughs> So he's even cooler than us. That was well. That was actually last night. A year from last night, <laughs> it, it was cool oh. that Dave was able to see the worst Star Wars movie before us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. Um, there's a whole lot of opinions we're going to have about all of this stuff because uh, I know some of us don't feel that's the worst Star Wars movie, but. We're going to get to all that. We're going to talk about The Force Awakens, though, this evening, which is obviously going to contain lots of talk about other things related to Star Wars. But with that in mind, for those that are playing along, 
if you are going to watch the film, feel free to pause it five seconds in. It's about where the locust, the Luke, the locust, the Lucasfilm logo is forming on screen. That's where we all have it paused. I'm going to count down from the start of three to go. And on the center go, I'm going to press play. So everyone can press play and we can all just start oh. having fun watching the movie. Um, if you're just listening to listen, you're good. You can just chill in your waterbed. I don't know what people sit on these days. Um, so it'll be fine. Um, you guys all ready to go here? I see a lot yep. of uh, people moving remotes yeah. around. <laughs> all right. Ready? Three, two, one. Star Wars. You know, you could have started, Aaron, with being like, there is no new Star Wars movie, but somehow the commentary of Star Wars has returned. <laughs> it did it. Oh, Jesus. All right, turn that off. Yeah, <laughs> you want to get sued? <laughs> the mouse would just eliminate our podcast right away. <laughs> All right, episode seven: The Force Awakens. I'm just Is reading; it, I forgot. Um, well, Luke this, has disappeared, or something like that. Luke Skywalker. Hold on, on two seconds; it'll tell He's you. Yeah. <laughs> when um when I saw this the first time. It was supposed. It was the where they're like, man, 3D is great, right? Let's have everything in 3D. They're yep. still doing that. So when I was at my screen, which I think mine was 3D when I first. But I so we we were at the press screening and it was 3D and we saw the like the scroll, but it was clearly like wrong because the 3D wasn't like activated correctly. So that we got oh. through the scroll and we got to like a ship maybe, and they're like, we're all in the audience, kind of like. I mean, cool, we're watching Star Wars, but this isn't working properly. So they shut it off and then turned it back on. Then we saw the scroll again. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what it says. We really were taken in this time by the second time around. Anyway, we all saw this movie, 2015. I imagine we are at the very least excited. Mm -hmm. I know there are varying opinions on this movie. So I want to start with you, Yancey. Despite what happens after this opening scroll, walking into Force Awakens, were you excited to watch a new Star Wars movie? It is impossible to go see a new Star Wars movie with Peter Paris uh, on the Disney lot on the first day and not be excited. Uh, <laughs> you took me to right? Yeah. So, of course, I was excited. I, I like to think that I am ever optimistic when I'm walking into a movie. I had, um, I was not happy to hear when Lucas sold the franchise, I sort of had to divorce myself a bit from uh, it. So, uh, um, what was the question again there? How, how, were you, how you, were you excited, excited going into it. the movie? I was excited, of course, because it's a premiere. I don't think there were very few reviews at that point. There was almost nothing that was known about it. Um, I think I didn't know the plot really. Uh, so yeah, I was, uh, I had tempered excitement. I was, if, if I could have gotten a three star out of four star movie, I told myself I would be, I would make peace with that and walk away unbloodied. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, we'll get back to you because I want to know, like, where are, like, at what point in somebody you're like, ah, oh, this isn't right. Uh, but before before we get there, uh, the rest of us, Peter, you and we saw it, and I guess with Yancey, we all saw it at press screenings. Uh, David, you were, I imagine, at one of the press screenings as well. I believe so. I can't remember anymore. But yeah, it was, no, you know what? Was It was like a like a week before or something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But then I was still excited to see it on opening day, um, which I already had tickets. So ditto. Yeah. Brandon, how about you? You saw it opening day. Of course. Mm -hmm. where, what, was, what was your excitement level building into going to see any Star Wars movie? Oh, elated. I mean, it's Star Wars. Every time just 
the highest. I mean, regardless of how you feel, you go in with like the highest expectations all the time. Like no matter what, you it's hard to control your excitement when there's a new Star Wars. I mean, but, I agree. Like, I, I mean, you can say like I'm gonna temper myself, but it's yeah, Star Wars, <laughs> and it, it's still true at this point. I will agree with you on that. One. Well, yeah, um, but yeah, I was I was pretty excited. I was enjoying what they were marketing to me, um, but. Yeah, it was it was exciting because uh, I think while I don't I don't think people necessarily wanted Lucas out of the picture, but they had been for years interested to see what Lucas what they could do with Star Wars if Lucas wasn't directing. Not so much him out of the picture, but not directing. And we're finally seeing what someone else helming Star Wars would be like for the first time, truly since Kirshner. But um, yeah, so that was because a lot of people said, well, prequels would have been prequels would have been better if he just stood back, produced them and let someone else direct them. But he tried that. That didn't, people, you know, turned him down, but, um, this was kind of that, you know, next big step. The star Wars was in someone else's hands. Now. I would, I mean, from my perspective, like beyond being excited for the movie, I would say the notion of JJ Abrams being hired on to do a star Wars movie. I, I mean, I guess something saying something like, it, that feels like hiring Tim Burton to do Alice in Wonderland. It feels like, well, that's yeah. obvious. Yeah. Like it's like, like that, that's not the, I, it doesn't ring to me as like the most inspired pick at the same time. The feeling I got from that kind of choice was, okay, this is a guy that knows how to emulate others. That's the, yeah, he, that he very much totally loves agree. the Amblin era. He grew up on, he clearly loved star Wars. He turned star Trek into star Wars for his movies. So it's like, yeah, all right. The, if we're going to make more star Wars movies, that's a way to start this off in a quote unquote palate cleansing sort of manner. That's not to say that I dislike the, I like the prequels plenty, but obviously there is a, there is a group that wants more of the thing that they liked when they were young. And that presents a lot of problems. We'll get to that. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, something that looks like the thing they liked before. Yeah. I can see why you would hire JJ Abrams on to do that. He can, that was the goal of this thing, which is, I think what it was successful in doing. Um, That's fun doing. Good Lord. With, <laughs> with with that in mind, go going into this beyond like seeing a new Star Wars movie. The thing I was excited about was I was huge on John Boyega from Attack the Block. Mm-hmm. I've been huge on Oscar Isaac, who's been just like knocking out roles at that point, and I really like Adam Driver. So I'm like, and plus you know obviously like you got Harris, you got the others back, so that's cool too. But it's like these are some really cool like young talent they've got like in the in this movie all of a sudden. So I was I was really hyped based off just these choices alone so you're starting and now we're watching this movie the first thing you see is clean shaven oscar isaac playing like the coolest pilot and the guy's like yeah all right like let's see where that takes me and uh we can get to it you know we can talk about this now i mean obviously we're not being very scene specific to talk about max von Sydow's very vital mm-hmm. role in this film but i mean watching this movie i was very satisfied brandon i think you were very satisfied i know yeah. was satisfied. Well, David, I want to talk more to you, and then we'll get more, more to Yancy as well. Like, where, Dave, David, coming out of this movie, what where, where did you think about Force Awakens? Do you think J.J. Abrams did an ample job or a satisfactory job or what? I think it was both. It was, um, I mean, overall, I liked it more than I didn't like it, but I think it split what I wanted 50-50. So it got the look right, it got the sound, and it got the the actors, everything right. Everything wrong with the prequels, it got right. But then what the prequels did right, it kind of failed to pull over as, and that's as far as the story goes, because 
you end up having a recycled movie that's from the original trilogy that would not be a progressive step following episode six. You don't have one Death Star blow up and then you do it again in the next chapter. This is really episode 10, if we really want to think about it. They just jumped over mm-hmm. a, a whole trilogy here. And I think they should have marketed it as that because, and just maybe never ever do the real seven, eight, nine, but treat it like that. That'd be such a bold choice to be like, it's called episode 10, the force yeah. awakens. But like, if you, there's, just this, but, there's just this lost series of episodes that but are like, if you want to go they, back they to that original adventures. feel, if you want to go back to the original feel, that's what the original star Wars was. It was the middle of an adventure. You missed the first part of it. Yeah. Like, that's it. That just, was, yeah. I, I get like the, that's a lot for an audience to try to handle. Before we get into all this, let's talk about some of this stuff right here. We've introduced a number of characters. We got Poe, we got Kylo Ren. The we blaster this, bolt. That's the blast, like the force stop mm-hmm. of a blaster bolt. And I would argue there's some banter that I really enjoy here. I I, I want to, <laughs> there's so many things to get into. Yancey, like at this point, are you like, this is not good? Or are you still on board with what's taking place? Still on board. This opening scene is... Uh... Good, solid. Uh, the reveal of, of Boyega is 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 loaded and interesting. This scene looks great. It looks like somebody that's got style and a vision for Star Wars. I did not going in. I don't think I knew that Max von Sydow was so quickly eliminated because going in, I thought, well, that's good. Max von Sydow is the kind of actor that should be in Star Wars. Yeah. The fact that they get rid of him as soon as they possibly can for fear of boring people with an old person on the screen. It was it was a bad sign, but this whole scene is 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 good. I, I mean, think the, the, like, the middle act is all Harrison Ford being I'm kind of grumpy but fun. Like I mean, that's that's a lot. There's a plenty of old people. I oh, but Harrison Ford's beloved. But they, they, you know, this movie is well, it's designed to be everything that the prequels were not, which in some ways means it's designed to not be a George Lucas movie. And I, I don't think. Brandon, you weren't meaning to deceive earlier, but yep. there's a big difference between this and the Empire Strikes Back and Jedi. And Empire oh, yeah, and Jedi, yeah, yeah. Lucas was the major charge of every creative decision. Nothing was decided that Lucas didn't approve of. In this, he's not involved at all. They detached, they purposely detached, and this is a kind of a, a melodramatic metaphor, but I think it works. They purposely detached and for, and, and, and they're, they're God, the God of this universe, and then he was forsaken, basically. They're trying to make the, more of something without the creative force from which it all flowed, which sounds highfalutin, but it, it's a truly difficult task, what they were trying to do. And if all they were trying to do was succeed in getting guys who were 40 and had kids who wanted their kids to have a very similar to experience that they had, it made them happy. And it made people who hated the prequels to an insane degree happy, but it 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 did so. The only way it could do so was being by being a non uh, nothing. It, to think this is the first third of, of of what is proposed as the third trilogy in this Skywalker trilogy, they cover so little ground in this. It's it's just I was a, a bit agog. Yeah, do you think they cover little ground? I mean, they establish a whole new. The first, the first, what, what does this movie, as David was saying earlier, concisely, what does this, what does this trilogy add to our understanding of the first two trilogies in the way that the prequels added to our understanding of the original trilogy? Well, now you're talking as a whole, and I mean, I can't. a third piece on the mantle there. Now you're talking wait, about would, the film. Wait, wait, wait. Well, okay, well, I'll, so, well, Yancey, what would you say, I, 
just because I, I just to be clear, what do you think the prequels did to add to Star Wars and stuff that you're saying that somehow this wasn't doing? The prequels showed us first and foremost, the prequels are reflective in terms of Lucas being the guy who made Star Wars, which ended up being I don't think Lucas himself is a much of a of a of a of a of a warmonger, but I think the movies, those original Star Wars movies, the original three did inspire a lot of sort of Reagan era gung hoism that he didn't intend it to. So I think the prequels, for one, they add another dimension of hesitation to your more gung ho uh, sci fi adventure. That you know, there, the prequels. They introduce us to a whole new other side of this universe, which Lucas invented, which which is visually stunning uh, in terms of visual storytelling and imagination. And they also show us that the, this the Jedi who we thought were just the ultimate badass, infallible, you know, warrior monks, actually had grown complacent and were conned, long conned by you know this 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 sort of long dead enemy. I think you can easily describe the plot of the first trilogy and the prequel trilogy in a sort of hooky way. You can pitch them as stories. I don't think this new trilogy, I think you can pitch The Last Jedi as a story by itself, but I don't think this trilogy amounts to much story-wise compared to the other two. I think in, in, in short, maybe what Yancey means is like, well, the prequels is the fall of a character that was supposed to be good. And then the, the original trilogy is the redemption of said character. And then what, but then, so if that's the finish of one, one and part of the whole saga. saga, then what is the third trilogy supposed to be? What is the fourth trilogy supposed to be? If there was going to keep going like that. Mm-hmm. And if, if Lucas envisioned a nine movie trilogy, then it would be completely different than what they actually gave us. I will there. say the, uh, a great place to go after this trilogy uh, after the first two trilogies was where some of the stuff touched upon in the Timothy Zahn novels, novels that followed. Those were the uh, the Hair to the Empire trilogy that he wrote, where uh, one of the main cruxes of that was the struggle of the New Republic in its uh, foundation and building to now have drama within its own self of trusting each other, coming together, organizing. And it's not as easy as oh we won now there's a new challenge of building this new universe and there's a lot of struggle with mon mothma and princess leia and different people while the empire is still in fringes out there and it's still causing some trouble trying to make its last ditch effort to uh, have existence and be a force while they're struggling with internal fighting it's a pretty interesting way to go with the original characters when the darth vader arc is gone I, I, I never heard those, but that was the first new Star Wars anything in years that mm-hmm. aired the Empire when that came out. And of course, even that is Lucas approved. He, he was still in charge of Star Wars, so there wouldn't have been anything mm-hmm. antithetical to the property because he was still in charge. Okay. This is, again, chopping off the head of the yeah. universe and trying to proceed. I want to pause. We're talking a little bit, a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda right now. There were right. lot, we're talking through a lot of stuff that's like just being introduced to us. So we, mm-hmm. we already had. Poe and Finn, and now we have the whole Ray introduction, right. which I think again, if you're yes, there's a kind of familiarity as far as it's a desert planet, and there's this person that seems to aspire to more and isn't quite getting there. Um, but I mean, the the various pieces of introduction for her character 
I mean, be, beyond the, the obvious fact that she's clearly a person that knows how to survive. So the idea of this Mary Sue claim just makes no sense to me. Right. Constantly. Um, <laughs> the, the effort done to the effort done to show like the way she's found, you know, to you know subsist on various things and be a scavenger and have these little like things here. Like there's just a lot going on as far as you know, characterization without like spelling it out through exposition, uh, like dialogue based exposition. And this all looks really good. There's so many like little like oh, yeah. physical things, practical effects and whatnot. With, I like, like the-, the crash star destroyers, the remnants of war that we hadn't you visually seen much of before, where it's just mm-hmm. a, a planet where probably nothing really happened too much there, but it had to be the victim of, you know, debris, ships falling over. But that's kind of a cool, that's a cool way to delve into the nostalgia. I don't know that having the same X-Wings and painting them black and orange is evolution like it should be. Like it feels, if this is that far in the future, we should be a bit further away from some of these vehicles and stuff that J.J. Abrams is stuck on. If you look at the prequel vehicles or the, you know, the ships and stuff they use, it's unrecognizable to start and it slowly evolves into what we know. Um, but then here, it's like, it looks more like five years later rather than 30 in terms of the, the spacecrafts that are used. Right, I, I agree. And, and what they did with, in this movie with the droids is Wipe. like they just advanced all the droid technology all over the place, mm-hmm. but the ships are just the, almost identical. Yeah. down to the tie fighters i'll give the, the stormtroopers look kind of cool that's a cool evolution but the, the ship wise it's they're the same is there more to i mean this is a stupid question because there's no answer it's fantasy but like is there a way to if you know if the if it ain't broke like it seems like x-wings work well i mean but i mean lucas has shown us that there's an evolution there's a he compares would, it to I mean, cars I, I, all the time i would i would, I would argue it's a de-evolution because everything's shiny and new in the prequels right. where everything comes down to these scrappy junk things well look at car he, he's always compared it to automobiles like these big bulky beautiful cars that are shiny around and if you take a look at cars through time look at what we have now and go back to just simply the 1980s unrecognizable together i mean you could tell that old car was there somewhere but it's it's much different than it was within so i guess they should have the prius of x-wing right now but <laughs> you're, well, you're, you're telling me that like tucker should have been a character in this yeah yes right you always point out that shot where the, the vehicle, some vehicle in phantom menace that sort of reveals itself to be familiar as a, yeah. a little bit yeah. but it's kind of the opposite like, isn't it like darth maul's ship kind of looks like a darth maul yeah ship right. or something mm-hmm. it's, even that's just a rich bit of storytelling I, I, it is and i, I mean i guess if we you know, to stay on this topic for like i would say the empire or whatever the fucking what is it the first order first order, first order they I, I, would, I would argue the first order did evolve like the tie fighters the tie fighters do look different the star destroyer things do look different even like ren's ship has a different design than the other like there's there's stuff there that feels like it's evolved because they're you know they're the rich kids they mm-hmm. have well they're well funded they can do things where the what are the rebels? The resistance. There's a confusion here too. Like the new order is the galaxy. Why is there a resistance? Like is the is the new republic like loving the first order and they're resisting against the new republic's love of the like it? That's kind of weird that they're trying so hard to make the people in power feel like they're the rebels again when they are the no. I okay. Well, if I can power. say, I, I agree. I I feel like what's what I'm hearing a lot from you guys, and I I agree with it with what you guys are saying. It's just not what I'm normally focused on. What I like about 
the the sequel trilogy is that I I agree, Brandon. It's true that like w- regardless of Aaron saying that the Tie Fighters and things that some of the technology looks a little evolved and stuff. Mm-hmm. There is kind of a mental leap that you have to make because, yes, the end of Return of the Jedi, the Empire falls, and then right. we assume that our rebel heroes will create a good government to you know for the for the galaxy, and then right. we jump thirty years, and it's like, well, it pretty much seems the same. Like, yeah, that that's true in the big scheme of things. I agree; it feels like more just like a reset of like, oh, and they're mm-hmm. just stormtroopers around. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's stuff that JJ is afraid to address. He doesn't want to show us scenes of government stuff because that's what people didn't like in the prequels. Right. There's a way. You're absolutely right, Brandon. You guys are doing my job for me here. (laughs) (laughs) They're literally afraid. They they got rid of Lucas, but they're afraid to think of anything Uh, new because they don't feel like Lucas. So they're just stuck in neutral. It's what they write. They reheat. This is the only Star Wars movie that feels so much like another Star Wars. When people say same old Star Wars, eh, Phantom Menace has a little bit of the same picking up a kid from a desert planet during a space getaway. But this is basically Star Wars with the the protagonist is a female instead of a male, but it's right. almost the same character even. Let me which I understand. We need to get people back to one and have them love Star Wars the way they used to. But Star Wars was such a bold and creative and interesting vision that could have failed so easily. And this movie is not bold, not creative, and had no chance of failing. My, just to, I want to address that, but just to point this out real quick, I really like this Finn Poe banter. This oh, stuff, yeah. This, this stuff cooks. Oh, like, and I think, I think Poe, one of the important moments in this is when Poe faces Kylo Ren and cuts the tension with that joke. Oh, I love and, that. And yeah. it's like, hey, this isn't going to be strict like Shakespearean-esque dialogue we're going to be a little bit looser here and I mean they do it and the, they open The Last Jedi similar but people had a problem with that but um, yeah I like I, that really sets the tone for these new characters and how they're going to fit into the plugged into the story and be a little bit more free and modern well um, I mean there's there's enough going on with Poe to be like I guess we can't kill this guy <laughs> like that was their their, their, their the change they made as far as like the script, the script we, it's not because they're shooting on the day and we were changing the script. It's more of when Oscar Isaac was hired, he's like, I'll do this if I'm not going to get killed right away. But you can kind of see why like, there's a lot of just pure fun in all of that. Right. Uh, I mean, absent other stuff we can address as far as the overall film or what have you. I think there's just, there's a, there is a lot of like pure joy that comes out of casting these people and having them give these kinds of performances. Mm-hmm. But they're oh, all sure. solo. It's, it's a friend, a friend of mine, in the, mid, the middle of the prequel trilogy coming out, said a lot of Star Wars fans are really just on Solo fans. If you yep. don't like the ponderous neo-biblical Shakespearean stuff, then what you're left with is you just like The Empire Strikes Back, and you really just like the scenes with Han and Leia, which is really a different kind of a thing than what Lucas is going for, which is a very sort That's of... That's taken away, like, A New Hope, which I think is a lot of Luke and Han ban- and Little and the others, Obi-Wan. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, fun, fun banter Bit. I'll put it this way: I, I, I'm of the favorite character. I like, I like Han, but I never like stand up and say Han's my guy. Like I look at this movie just thinking this just feels fun to me. Not because I mean, it's, not because it's directly connected to Han Solo's style of fun. Just it's connected to I like Star Wars, and this is a lot of fun stuff that's connected to Star Wars. There's right. other things about Star Wars I also really like, but in terms of I'm watching these characters talk this way, 
I'm enjoying that a lot. That in it's like has this Star Wars skin on top of it. Right. I'm not saying it's incredibly deep. I'm not saying it's the best thing ever about Star Wars, but I can't deny that I like it. Right. And if you want, if you want a Star Wars that's purely just Han Solos, go check out Guardians of the Galaxy because that's that's, <laughs> that's a crew true. of Han Solos. Also true. So, so the thing about this movie is that it's it's just really well done. It's really well cast. Lawrence Kasdan apparently just really doesn't know Star Wars as well as he thinks he does. Because they went on long walks with J.J. Abrams to come up with this story, mm-hmm. and they come back with this. And yeah. I just it's just kind of disappointing. I really feel like, yes, he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, he wrote mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. But that doesn't mean... But how he long knows, ago he wrote that? Yeah, right. It doesn't mean he knows... But it's funny because, I mean, of course, I don't know. Again, it sounds like maybe what David and you guys are talking about is like the big story. When I'm thinking of Lawrence Kasdan, and I'm not saying he shouldn't think of the plot, like, of course he should. But like, um, there are three people that wrote this movie. I'm kind of thinking that of that fun banter. I always and I Yancey was the one who I think um, off podcast, you know, told me that, you know, Kasdan is obviously a fan of like of like. Howard Hawks and Billy Wilder. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and and sure. that 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 dialogue, that Christmas that is in this movie, to me, I think that's Lawrence Kasdan. And, and I love that. Now, you are totally right. What does that have to do with the big plot and everything? But when I'm talking about how the characters interact and it's like, and it's funny and it's like, you, you know, someone's going to say something before they say it, but in the best way, because you're kind of anticipating like the joke, that to me feels like, Again, Howard Hawks or Billy Wilder or like these these kind of fun 50s Hollywood. I really love that that kind of dy- dyna- mm-hmm. dynamic. Fixing that to this kind of movie is a strange proposition. Lucas is obviously also, obviously also a big Hawks fan to bring in. Right. The, like, I, I, I like that explosion really quick. That's just oh, parts. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this, <laughs> is, this is J.J. Abrams' messiness, too, because... Poe was supposed to die here. He decides let's keep him around. And so this scene just is kind of weird when you put it all like, okay. And they're like, Oh, I ejected way far out. Never found you till the next day. All the, I mean, cause he's known, JJ is known to be indecisive and change a lot of things after he shoots. And there's plenty of evidence in this movie alone of that being there. And that was one of the moments. Um, let me ask you, what's the most interesting thing that happens to any of these characters over the course of this trilogy? Poe, Finn, or Ray? Well, all of Ray's oh. Luke stuff is the most interesting mm-hmm. thing. I mean, yeah. Finn, Finn has a fantastic journey from this one through The Last Jedi. Like, yeah, he does. Of, of really learning to accept a cause and know what that means to to find yourself and and choose your side and follow the side. That's really a really good through line. From there's this- more promise with that Star Trek reveal than what we get. I mean, I feel like there's more something promised with the, the guy takes his helmet off. It's a black guy in a world where we don't even know if there's racial disparity, but now we see a stormtrooper without his helmet. It's a loaded helmet. image. What? It's a loaded image. I agree. If, but I feel like that's where they stop with it. They don't actually go anywhere with that. I no, yeah. I agree. I mean, if, if you want to talk about flaws of the series, including Last Jedi, which I'm you know a huge fan of. Yeah, there's there's more you could do with Finn based off just based off just having that character to begin with. I I mean of the it's more Last Jedi talk, which is next year's commentary. But, um, if, you, if, if you if you if you want to like look at the scheme of things, yeah, there's there's a lot set up here for him that's not quite banked on in the preceding films, especially Rise of Skywalker. Well, here's another thing: is that the First Order is way more inclusive than the Empire ever was. 
True. So like, well, like, well, the the difference is what they still had clone strands and they're more they were they were space nazis because they wanted to be where the first order's like we're kidnapping kids and brainwashing them to be space nazis yeah well i mean, I mean that's, yeah that's they, the they never address any of that really i don't know why stormtroopers are stormtroopers right they just we assume that in the, in the rebels cartoon they're forcing people into it they're forcing people right or like, right. like, or like people go to like sign what they go to like sign up to academies and mm-hmm. become pilots and all that like some of right. it's Han Solo it, signed up. He got his oh, name from right. it. Remember? Solo, yeah, Solo did. He signs up. Yeah, but then the, that's the thing is that Solo didn't come out when this movie came out. So no, like, we shouldn't be relying on cartoons for telling a better story. No, right, <laughs> right. And, no, that, there, and there's a and that's a different that, that approach is a different topic we were kind of treading on earlier as far as the amount of politics and the background stuff that makes up the kind of the government of this universe or whatever you want to call it. The, the other, like the stuff, the stuff that the prequels delved into that people, many people were just, I guess, tired of, even though whatever. The right. The the one of the buy-ins on this movie because I think it's shaky. I like this a lot. Um, I love all all of this. I, all this this, all like, the, this, this the, whole first like. The why are you minutes. the why are you holding my hand? Bit is great. Yeah, it's good. That's the stuff that I think of like Kazdin. That feels like something from like an older film. Sure. Like, I love that. But the uh, like I feel like the buy-in for this movie is you have to just accept that they're going to fill out a lot of this stuff in books and in comics and games and stuff let down the road, which I think that's. Mm-hmm. That's that doesn't that it is that doesn't excuse the movie as far as how how great it is at communicating this stuff to you and making you feel fine with it. Right. I don't have too much. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but real quick, at the same time, for a you know a studio to buy all of Star Wars, knowing that they're going to produce a ton more Star Wars content, yeah, I just kind of get it. I get that. Yeah, this movie's not going to fulfill me as far as these deeper things that really delve into the governing politics of the world that we're in now and the his, the backstory of the history in the 30 years since Return of the Jedi in this new version since the expanded Howard. universe stuff. Like, I, I, it's not, again, it doesn't excuse the movie for not being better at communicating this, but I also kind of have to accept, I know that Disney is going to do a lot of stuff to give you that information that you want to build out these worlds. I think in, in what we're talking about Finn here as a stormtrooper, the the whole trilogy misses the mark with what that could have been. Yeah, right. I agree. And I mean, it, and it still hasn't really talked about that in the in the books or cartoons either of what. And and at the last movie, fast forwarding through his arc, he was supposed to be a Jedi or has force sensitivity, and they kind of just ignore it in the very last movie too. I agree. I agree. Which, well, he he teases a lot of things in the last movie. It's like why this was it? Why didn't you show? <laughs> like <laughs> Ray has a yellow lightsaber, all big f- and whoop. You yeah. know, like <laughs> like why didn't she have that at the beginning? Her it was destroyed in the last one. Why'd you fix? Why right. do a trilogy? Why not just do a new one and see how it goes? Why announce that it has to be three movies? This could have been like, seven movies and it might have worked. Right. I mean, the, the stuff the stuff going on with Finn and that, like, God, this is, we could we need to talk about this movie, not those movies, but like the, the littlest things, like when no. Finn's on, a, on the bridge of the ship and like they had to set off the bombs or whatever. Well, the, like if he just like did a force pull, something just like something to like give yeah. you something. He's like, okay, I see where this guy's going. They just don't do any of that. So well, like, there's no, like arc. Here's no, what here's oh, what JJ oh, says. Wait, wait, wait. JJ, oh, wait hold on, ahead. hold on. JJ right. says, "Look, things aren't black and white. They're gray here." And we're like, "Oh, well, what does that mean? Well, they're gray here. Well, what does that mean? Well, see, see it's not, <laughs> and that's it. That's where he stops." And, I mean, I mean, um, I, I got a question. Just in the very beginning of the movie. 
Finn is a stormtrooper and he, they're a, he, what he, he's like, he's unconscious and he's like, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's just really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in the in the beginning of this film, Finn with as the stormtrooper will not shoot upon the villagers, and you know this becomes his arc. He wants to leave, and you know through most of this movie, it's not about fighting the first order; it's just about getting away from the first order. And then right. of course. He likes Ray, which okay, that's that's all fine. Here's my question: because by the end of the trilogy, we're we're getting that Finn is is at least force sensitive. Do you guys think the reason that he doesn't attack the villagers has to do with the force? Because why do why do the other is it that the force sensitive makes it that the brainwashing didn't completely take place? Is that what it is? I think that's. They're, they're down to the conscripts who aren't as willing at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. Like someone was saying, these aren't as, these aren't the full on boots. They're not clones. These are the later ones who are being forced into it or conscripted early. They may not have the stuff to go out and kill people, you know? Oh, I mean, they all, they all go into like some re brain scan thing. So I feel like the people who kind of dissent, they just go back to a, a bigger brain scan until they're obedient again. Yeah. So are we, are we to take that Finn, Finn not, are we to take that that's a hint that there's something about Finn? Why can't he go along with the program? Is that I think it, I think I think it's allowing you to interpret it a couple. But, ways. but then one, the, one, the, one, one one could be divine intervention. Others could the be last a, movie, a random the, a random series of events that led to him not having a brain scan that took his took you know took its took its place in his mind in the same way it took the others. There, there's but but in the in the last movie they have a whole planet f- full of ex stormtroopers yes. implying that there's others that also similarly don't have the true, the, that's the true. stuff wasn't taking. So I mean, but it, all, all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't precisely know the but timeline of all of was, this. Was I, it, I know what you're saying. Though. In the <laughs> in the Colin Trevorrow script, was he force sensitive at all? Like I remember his arc was taking over Coruscant, um, with Rose. But that was the original plan. Yeah, I don't think was he that was script. forced. But I don't. Think, I, I, yeah, I, I think, think it was just more of leading the charge as far as the there's more of us, and, yeah. so we can get out a signal to others and what have you. Right. What, what is the goal of these Tie Fighters? Uh, I thought oh, they were trying they, to get the droid. The tie Fighters yeah. want. Okay. Well, they, they so want how do you get a droid by destroying? Hold on. Hold on. How do you get a droid by blasting everything? Well, that's true. Yes. Yes. That's Star Wars. Like, what if they did get on that quad jumper and then right. just blew it to fuck? Like, just destroyed the whole thing. Like, what? 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 What happens then? Do they tell that Kylo? Who, Star Wars. Would... That's lazy storytelling. Don't tell me that's Star no. Wars. <laughs> They'll get their first order IT guy to save that little drive when they find it in the debris. I'm just oh, asking questions. That that, that was uh, yeah. When he does the yeah. when he does, BB-8 is a little great creation. Well, I this really, is a fun scene, regardless of what the motivation setups is. Oh, okay. I really, I really yeah, like I'm this. just I'm just I'm just having fun here. But I mean, I'm just curious because I'm looking at like all these giant explosions, which must have been super fun to film in the hot hot desert. By the way, this feels ready uh, for yeah. Star Tours. This scene, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is. It's just so cool to see Tie Fighters and Millennium Falcon so low to the ground. No, I'm not saying yeah. it's not cool. Like, it, Again, I'm just having fun with the questions. I, I think here. that's the. I think. That's the thing about this movie that it does so well is that everything looks great and is fun and really well choreographed, and you stop thinking about what the story really is. Right? Yeah. Well, this no. is the stuff you hire JJ for. Yeah. I, like, I know exactly. As far as if you're if you have a 2015 version of Star Wars where you can really use special effects to show like what it's like mm-hmm. for grown-ups to play with their toys, they're doing the job. Like they're right. you know what we're not just seeing a Millennium Falcon. 
uh, you know, that's practically made and they have to like do elaborate, they don't have to do elaborate things to like show off what kind of maneuvers you can do. Now they have the technology to just really show you some crazy maneuvers, not just lazily lifting left. Like, huh, this is what he says. I got some maneuvers here I can pull up here. Now you can can show him driving inside of a Star Destroyer and flying around these explosions happening. The camera can do anything. And we had the, the pre, the trailer has the TIE fighter or that the TIE, the X-Wings over water flying which was ooh. oh well, yeah that's right yeah one thing that is it's cool like but jj has severe limitations on when it comes to the question i think we talked about before but like what makes star wars star wars and jj's answer is star wars makes star wars star wars and then he li- <laughs> and then he only beholds to ralph mccrory artwork and that's the end of the day and so a lot Which of his it- stuff can get wonky he brings some things to life from Macquarie style that we'd never imagined is great. But when it comes to some of the new ideas, like when we get to Han Solo here in a bit, uh, some of that doesn't work too well. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the overall issue as far as. Whereas Ryan Johnson, he gets it. He, yeah, well, and Dave Filoni, they get it. They pull from Lucas, not Star Wars. Well, they're, and I mean, beyond that, they're looking at the stuff that Lucas is looking at. Right. Right. There's a philosophy of it. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Abrams is stopping at the Macquarie art. He's stopping Mm -hmm. at Lucas did this thing once. Therefore, I'm going to make it feel like that again. He's not going back to Mm -hmm. what Lucas is looking at. He's not going back to early 30 serials or or Howard Hawks films or Kurosawa or any number of things that. For some reason, he's branded as some kind of wonderkind, brilliant mind, but he really is more along the lines of your slick studio product guy. I don't know where he got this. He's a chameleon, honestly. He can fit into whatever you're wanting. I don't know depth-wise, but but he can make it look like it. His Star Trek was good, I thought, because he was able to make it feel a little more like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. But when I heard that he was doing this... I, you know, my heart just sank when I heard Abrams was doing this. I, I have very little faith. In, I've never liked, gotta say, I've never liked anything. He's really the thing. I like Lost, but I, he wasn't. You just really said you like the Star Trek movie. <laughs> I, I did I like the Star Trek movie, but I just don't think that he. I don't know where he got the reputation of being a, a sort of a brilliant guy. I, I don't. I, I think he. Is, it was television. He produced well, it, it, Alias it, it, and it, Lost. It comes were, from being successful at the thing he's doing. George Lucas. I mean, this guy is a visionary, and he's thorny and he's eccentric, and people don't like him because he's weird and his hair is funny. But what did J.J. Abrams have to show for himself? That's visionary. It's a mystery box that never has anything worthwhile in it. He is. Uh, I mean, you can you can ask this, qu- Yancy. You can ask this question. Like there are answers. I'm not saying that they're necessarily great answers, but it it, it amounts to he's de- he developed a number of different things or directed a number of different TV based stuff that was successful and that okay. did and that felt hold on and that felt different enough to people as far as this mystery box thing. Regardless how much you enjoy the mystery box thing, it did take. You can't argue that it didn't take for people. culture and decline. Do you think that his? Do you think he can compare to George Lucas as it, a? You know, you know, I don't think that. You know, I'm not saying that. But you, but you can't deny the fact that he became popular. Four to one argument. I think the only person who really loves this movie is Pete. <laughs> Am I wrong? I think well, you, you guys are missing. I do really like it. I, I mean, I think this movie is very enjoyable. You, what I you're missing it, I, is I, that I, everything he does makes money. Yeah. That's success. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's it. Artistic success. And they know and they notice artistically the big the big goal with this one was they wanted the old Star Wars oh, fans back and they wanted to look like old Star Wars. And you get JJ Abrams to make something look 
a certain way. Which he's, which, he's, which he's proven that he can do. And if you want to talk about artistic success, again, I'm not saying you have to like it, but people do love Alias. People do love Lost. People I like fucking love Star Trek. I mean, there's the, you and can't it, deny it, that these things were successful. Look what he's done for Mission Impossible. As, and as, what people as, like Mission yeah. Impossible. You know what I'm saying. You know exactly what I'm saying. Abrams obviously went to film school. And he's obviously a bright guy. Nancy, I don't know what you're saying because there are people that really like the stuff that he makes. You don't know like, what I'm saying in terms of comparing him to someone like George Lucas. I, but I'm not doing that. I haven't done that at all. No, we haven't done that. We, it's a different story. We're saying why he gets the job. You're, you're, you're asking, you're asking you why know, he was branded this way. I'm giving you reasons why he was branded this way. People are, he was pushed for all the aughts. He was pushed on everyone's throat as this guy is the new Spielberg. He's the new this, he's the new that. He clearly was not any of those things. That's not me agreeing with it, but I can see yeah. I can see where it's coming from. Yeah, it's, I don't coming think... from it's coming from the need for there to be a new Spielberg or a new Lucas. There isn't. That's good. So it's because Shyamalan shit the bed, so they needed somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> you were the chosen one. Shyamalan yeah. is a much more interesting filmmaker than this guy much more no i agree i'm not denying that but and I, 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 I think now that we're through the the tunnel of star wars with him i don't think as many people are saying this stuff about him after rise skywalker well here, here's and, the great here's the great thought now what is what's coming next for jj abrams now that he's done with star wars <laughs> like d probably definitively because i don't think he had a great time making that last movie yeah well, we oh, didn't have no. a great time watching it either. <laughs> I, It'll I be real. How, 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 how far back will your eyes roll if it's a, announced episode 10, 2030? JJ Abrams is back. He's yeah. <laughs> well, here's, here's a question for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, David. If Lucas was still in charge, I think the kind of situation where you have Empire Strikes Back kind of a thing where Abrams is just facilitating the action probably would have been fine he's the right kind of guy for that but not as the the main but, but by, at that point coppola will have convinced him to make other movies and just leave star wars behind wait i want to know what david's question is yeah david what you're really asking uh the to to all of you guys so what if instead of calling this episode seven they just called it a new star wars and the same it's the same movie but they just like it's a brand new thing are, well which sorry what would, are like, you, would you like it just would you like it? If this was just a movie, just not a Star Wars movie, just yeah. The, no, the, no, no, it's still the Star, Star Wars. War, the no. Star Wars. It's, okay, so no, you're, it's, you're asking if it was separate from the Skywalker saga. That's yeah, what you're asking. Okay. Separate. Would would you feel better about this if it was just like, hey, this is a brand new thing, but then familiar characters are coming back, kind of like a Disney Plus series, but be less offended. Yeah, right. Less I think offended. so too. Because wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What Yancey said, you would be offended. Less offended. Offended. Okay. It's like, like the Mandalorian is bringing a lot of old trilogy stuff back to, or old prequel stuff back prequel to, stuff. like real the modern mm -hmm. that timeline of you know whatever that show that's taking place, and people are loving it because it's connecting the dots. This movie doesn't really the way the way it connects the dots is a very weird, just like oh he's back and now we're gonna get rid of him. <laughs> you know, there's no there, yeah I'm sorry yeah there's no deeper way reasoning behind things oh well let's just make kylo ren his son wouldn't han solo be involved in some kind of galactic uh, government and sort of not enjoying his position and sort of wishing he was back doing this just the fact that he's back doing the same thing it really means and the fact that the empire is back with a different name means they just wanted everything to be star wars again to have to you're, you're, you're not wrong you're not as far they as they wanted like, to reset everything back to square one like 
Yeah, but I mean, like Han Solo would not still be doing this, and if he was, he'd be doing it after having been president of the universe for twenty years. Yeah, I mean, but you can argue. I mean, I, we don't know his exact position. I mean, we probably there's probably. I'm just saying this is the safest thing for Han Solo to be doing. But I, but I it's safe but is I, not. In, I'm not in, saying it. I'm not saying it's not safe. I would argue they do like give you a lining of reasoning as far as his son went off the deep end, and he this is his grieving process. Those movies, it was so stupid. That's the movie to make. It doesn't have any weight when he gets killed here because I don't know anything about these fucking people. Like, you know, I think, uh, you know, Dark Helmet here is, is meant to represent the angry fans. <laughs> and, and he kills Han Solo because they're angry at Star Wars. I don't know what it is. I think I'd rather, uh, to, to your point, I think I'd rather have Han Solo be too busy in um, a really boring job and being a bad father than trying to be a good father and... You know, and just not. Like, I ran away from my problems. Yeah. Um, this, this, the problem has already been run away from that it, it's back to square one. And it's I, not agree, a- I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to see. You're not, I'm not, you're, I don't disagree as far as it'd be nice to see that stuff. Like, yeah, the weak elements until I know what they are. Like, it, it is the lack of more depth. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Like, it's like, how much does the glossy sheen outweigh the stuff that I'd like to hear more about? Fortunately, I knew there was another movie coming that was going to be less safe because, you know, it, whoever would be, it was not going to be the guy that you get to emulate the other people. You get somebody else that goes a little deeper. You guys remember when JJ cast guys from the raid and they didn't <laughs> do martial arts in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're there. They they got to be on the set. That's funny. Sorry. I, guess. Uh, I but, you know, I know this is like people like consider this like the weakest portion of the movie. I agree. At the same time, this banter, I like this. No, the banter's good. The shit I like right when he says tell that to Kanji Club and they open the doors and they're there. It's like that's fun. Like that's yeah. a little fun stuff that I enjoy. <laughs> Well, the ship's boring. The alien doesn't feel like a Star Wars alien. It's no. kind of it feels like a it feels like a JJ Abrams alien. It yeah. does. It, feel, it feels like here's this big monster thing. The idea of no what's happening defining. is fun, but it just visually, this is where he fails. Is this segment? Is, it's the least exciting stuff to go on in this movie. Yeah, like this is what Han Solo <laughs> drives now. Like, well, it's it's also really sad because this is like Harrison Ford at his best up to yeah. this point. We yeah. haven't seen him do anything better recently, and then to <laughs> see him kind of go, it's like, oh, that's a shame. We for, when, this, he got, this reminded when he agreed us, to do this movie, I knew he was dying. Like they granted him what he wanted. Like, yeah, I well, we all it, knew yeah. that, but we didn't like the seeing how good he was. We're just like, oh, this is what this is why we love this guy. The fact that yeah, we actually, I think Harrison Ford's. Re- I really like him in this. I no, he's great in this movie. He's absolutely the the cast is good in this movie. I think we haven't talked about Daisy Ridley. She's a breakout here. I don't know why she's not leading a ton of movies, but she's fantastic. She's got the this. Doug Lyman, Tom Holland movie that's coming out soon. You right. Know, like it's getting delayed over and over again. That's yeah. two years ago. I, I, I <laughs> like, and the funny thing is Lucas's and Apted's was Apted. He wrote it with, um, aren't, aren't sorry. Michael, uh, Arndt, Michael, Arndt. sunshine. Their script was ditched because apparently JJ wasn't happy with how little, uh, Harrison, Carey, and Mark were going to be used in it, um, and he felt he wanted the fans would want after so long to see them more involved in the story. But then look what he does with Mark Hamill. Like weird, it it doesn't add up there. Yeah, there the, there's a lot of odd choices that get blamed on Brian Johnson for some reason. Despite this being a movie that made two billion dollars, people all know what happened. Right. But I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I do. I think mean, the one thing left over from Lucas is somewhat Ray's character. And where Luke lives because they were too far into pre-production on that to to dump it. So um, 
they kept just picked him up off the island and drove him away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, which forever, I think they filmed this movie. Like her name was Kira for a lot. Like they were obsessed. Bad robot was obsessed with the name Kira, which finally spit itself out in solo. But I think Jin Urso early on was possibly going to be named Kira. Ray was Kira early on. They changed it. Is this with a Q also, right? Yeah. With a Q, uh, it was a K with her. Um, Finn was there was something different with Finn. Uh, and they actually had uh Jesse Plemons read for that part. Um naturally. Naturally. Uh but yeah, there was a fight to get Boyega to be a lead in this movie that uh, you have to put give it to Adrian Abrams because the backers were like, We can't have a black guy leading this thing, and yeah, he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed for it. So I uh, got to get Abrams, Abrams, Abrams who saw it. attack the block and was like, I, this guy's going to be a star. That's like, right. that's that's why he's in this movie. He's like, I need to have this guy. But yeah, cast, it, it, Abrams, one of his strengths is the casting, 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 like Coppola. casting. Yeah, he's a young ca- Coppola. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Cast, <laughs> casting and chemistry. These people feel these people. I mean, in comparison to the prequels, they, f- they look a lot more comfortable in their roles than the people in the prequels do. I don't think the prequels are badly cast. I don't I think they're bad. No, they're, they're wonderfully cast. <laughs> And some people get good performances, but Lucas has never been completely an actor's director. I mean, that's fair to say. Or actors, right? It's, not where, it's so, not where he's interested. Well, he's that's not, not a, where he's he, interested. He doesn't like most. directing. Yeah, I, he likes post-production. That's his thing. I just want to interject just for a second to, so, to sort of say that I think it's interesting because um, we hear that a lot about Lucas and the uh, the performances that he gets and stuff. And, and you know, from what I hear, and I get, you know, David, Brandon, you guys could contradict me if I'm wrong, but from what I hear, it sounds like Lucas on set is a lot like Clint Eastwood, which is that he kind of assumes that the actors know what they're doing. They'll do their job, which is why when you get Ian McDermott or Alec Guinness and you get these kind of veteran actors, they're all really good. But when you get someone who's younger, who maybe needs a push or something, maybe named he's not, Hayden he's not doing it, but you're not going to get that push. But, but I would right. say we don't get this, but people don't complain about Eastwood for the same thing. But Eastwood is very, well, Eastwood Eastwood's very making much different. He's making much different movies that aren't heavy special effects based that, right. are, del- that are delving into the things that actors generally got into acting for. <laughs> yeah, got can into, you, they got it, into acting to do scenes with other people, which is what Clint Eastwood movies. They're not do. throwing him into a big blue room and saying, go. And by the time <laughs> you get to something, by the time you get to something like Sully, it's like, well, yeah, you still have Tom Hanks and Aaron. Like these are pros. Like they don't, they don't need to like yeah. have somebody push them along. Right. He's like, hey, look at this uh, ping pong ball and act now. And he's like, All right, right. <laughs> Hanks knows how to do that. He literally had a volleyball to work with for one movie. Oh. I mean, he knows what he's doing. Here we go. It's Snoke. That's just a sort of changing paradigm. Is that Lucas's sixth movie? The first trilogy. It was definitely made at a time when it was still understood that if you had a big special effects movie with a lot of monsters and creatures, the foregrounded actors were not expected to have much depth or be that interesting. If you look at the old Ray Harryhausen pictures, or it's sort of you assume that the sort of human characters are not really the man, the reason you're there. You're there to see the, the monsters. You mean like God, like a Godzilla movie? What? Any no, yeah, any any like number of movie or something. 60s. The movies he's inspired by the idea that even in you know like Forbidden Planet or something. Something. It's sort of we understood that the characters in the foreground were sort of thin and not really relatable because the real you're paying to see the the, the big picture, the big the idea is the science fiction element. Over right. the course of the last forty years, that is that really has been dropped, and now people want to see 
you know, characters talk and act exactly like modern no. right. people. Modern. And that's just game. So therefore, when we look back, and it, it's the, it doesn't take a lot of algebra to know what Lucas is going for with those failed romantic scenes in Attack of the Clones. And if you just do that algebra of what he's going for, the rest of the movie works fine. But if you focus on just the three things you didn't like, that's my whole thing. But but I, I think that was just, that young audiences today can't be blamed for not understanding why the characters in the other Star Wars movies do tend to talk more like biblical, quasi-biblical Shakespearean, you know, well, it also blends. It also blends well with that, like that Hawks type stuff. You know, having Leia and Han and Luke just like you know bicker at each other in between you know passages given by Alec Guinness and and right. James Earl Jones that and, and uh, Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, Peter Cushing like that. You know, <laughs> have this kind of like stateliness to them, despite the fact that they're in absurdist situations. It's not. It's the very fine line between. What Lucas and Spielberg did, which is really sort of take that sort of stiffness that had been there and make it a little looser and make it a little more fun with the characters. Mm -hmm. This It's a fine line between then going so far that you have a, a, a sort of a flip tone. And this doesn't quite do it, but there are moments where this movie starts to feel flip. And it's not balanced out by the weightier, you know, Luke and Yoda stuff on Dagobah like it is an empire. Because you don't have... I mean, you mentioned it already. You don't really have many adults in this movie on Han Solo. I mean, you don't you don't have the kind of the the weight in the first order isn't that high because it's like I guess there's some Snoke guy. I don't know what that's about. He just kind of appears. Maybe then you have Donald, then you have Donald Gleason who's you know fresh out of college and Kylo Ren who's like you know a brat. So it's like where's the where is that Peter Cushing? Where's where's that authority? Where's that? I thought it was gonna be Max von Sydow. <laughs> Uh, that, well, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that's I'm, I'm addressing what you brought up earlier. They kind of throw out the that element, which I think is by design. As far as this it's is a new generation, I get that. Afraid of anything that looks anything like the scenes they think might have offended people in the prequels, they don't want any scenes that feel draggy or old or talking. They're so terrified that they're they got the movie. Well, in this you're right. The Cushing elements missing, which they do find in Rise of Skywalker with Richard E. Grant, which like, where was he this whole time? <laughs> like, he would have been great to put in here. Like, that would have been an element that would have improved. But Going, going, going to Snoke real fast, remember the hologram that we just saw, the scene? Yeah. People were arguing and debating how big he really is going to be because we don't yep. know. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> it's like, he could be like this small, but he's projecting himself big. Nobody knew. I wish he. Was, I wish he was really tiny. I still. I still wish that was a thing. They just made him really tiny. I guess my. Did you feel like they're really what? Did you feel like Snoke really? They had an idea what it was going to be, or did you think they were just waiting to see what the audience wanted? Oh no! I, I always figured it was going to be like a guy that was maybe a maybe a you know a little bit taller than the average person, but pretty much humanoid. Like it's I, I did because I because I, I dig that stuff a lot. I dig the idea of holograms where you have people that can do whatever they want to, and they're like, "Well, my ego's this big. I want to make myself larger than life to really yeah. intimidate." That's that's very funny to me. Sure, but the that's, character is you're, you're obviously supposed to think, "Wait, is this guy like Darth? Somebody else play Gius, or is this some kind? What's the deal here?" And they they inspire you to wonder, and then they don't, and then it turns to be nothing. Which is I mean, I've had six, I've had six Star Wars movies not seeing any giants, so I wasn't really concerned about that. So just making him a giant is enough to make him interesting. I'm saying no. I'm not. I'm saying 
I didn't say that at all. If anything, I said I wish it was tiny, but but no, I'm saying as far as far as seeing him for the first time in this movie, my mind didn't leap to is he really that big? My mind leapt to oh, this is one of these guys who like really wants to make himself seem huge um, when he's projecting himself to others to like because he can't he can't do it himself with emotion and authority in his voice, so he has to make himself physically represented this way to like really intimidate people. I know uh, that I, kind. I know that kind of guy. Like that. That's and that's funny to me. So. Side note: I think we're about to get to one of Yancey's uh, favorite characters. New, you do you like Maz Kanata, right? Oh, at the time, I was hoping that it would develop into an interesting, but they just kind of dropped it, like everything else. The Maz Kanata thing is weird to me because, on the one hand, I like the Maz Kanata character, but the way Han describes her leading up to that point just like does not track at all with what we actually get out of Maz Kanata. Like he says, he's going to say all these things like, don't look at her in the funny way or do it. Like he's warning her as if like, she's this dangerous, like get like a job of the hut style gangster person. You can't mess with. Don't crumble cross. Um, that's just like, like the, yeah, that's just the way like, JJ just, wants to mislead us. Hmm. But it's like, why? <laughs> that's not misleading. That's just bold faced lying as if like we changed this in the script and we didn't fix the dialogue. I mean, the same like, thing happens when, like. uh, when Han describes Kanji Globe as little freaks. They're not little at all. They're the same size. <laughs> that's, just, that, but that's just because Han's racist. Yeah, well, I mean, oh. <laughs> absolutely, but that's the same thing here where he's describing something that we're expecting to see, but didn't happen. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like Han's, like, having fun with this. It feels like this is the perception we're supposed to come away with, and we just kind of altered it at the last minute, CG-wise right. or whatever. Well, it doesn't feel like it's an organic thing for Han. It's right, like, I think they wrote the it. Script. Yeah, they wrote it because they wanted it to write it that way, but then it, they they didn't. They live just up changed it, it and they like now she's like your auntie. Like that's what Moscanon is. <laughs> Wait, as a, just as a side note here, I really like this exchange between. Oh, this stuff's great. I mean, Hans in the pocket. And I, He's doing and great. I, well, no, it's not just that, but I feel like to me, this is the stuff that I think, and Yancy might. I actually, I don't think Yancy will disagree with this, but like, I, this is the kind of stuff that I really like about the sequel trilogy. Is like. I it's like yeah of course Ray's on a desert planet and she's kind of scrappy and like and it's like oh she's just like Luke Skywalker but she's not Luke Skywalker because Han is just like hey you should come with me you can have great adventures and she can't because something inside of her wants that sense of family once someone is like no my family's gonna come back and I know I'm not saying that's never been done in a story before. It it has, but it works really well. Like I I really like that about the yeah. I like that exchange. I I, I, I mean, believe that I, I would I, agree. I, I really Peter, like that. Peter, I agree with you, and that's why I like these new characters. It's the yeah. treatment of some of the older ones that don't that just you know they as good as as Harrison Ford is when you get to like the nitty gritty of where he's supposed to be in his life and what he's doing in this plot. It just amounts to. Hey, I've done it before, right? Isn't that cool? Like that's really what it is. So it's like, well, that's right. You're yeah. you're right. It's just as that far, as, as, far as the core, as far as watching Ray and Finn and Kylo, like they're doing their job. Like it's like it's it's it, it works. Like I I'm I'm on board with this. I know Yancey, right? Is it. I'm I on mean, board with this. We don't we don't know this is a Death Star movie. Well, like, so like a Star Wars movie should work. It sounds like yeah, it works good enough. That's not what you want from Star Wars, is it? No, I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't, that. I didn't say it works good enough. I'm saying it works. I didn't add a. I didn't add a mod. I didn't. I didn't add a modifier at the end of it. And see, like I said, it works. Like it's some of the tone of your voice that you're saying it's not bad, so it's good. Well, right, 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 right. You're reading into it too much. I think, he, I think Aaron is talking about. I think Aaron is talking about the Harrison Ford thing, not about the Ray thing. Just to make sure. 
to clear. I think the Ray thing is great, and then they shit the bed. Like I, I like. Oh sure, no, absolutely. What, what Ryan Johnson does is outstanding to yes. to build off this, but then after that, JJ's JJ's had enough of it, and no, no, this, I mean, Johnson does a great job of Ray. He does a he does a great job of Kylo. He does a good job with Poe, except not in the way you think it's going to be, because right. because he's you know he's the man, and so it's like, oh, how dare you make the man not as good as he was in that first time you saw him, and then like the Finn stuff is a little more negligible, but like I mean he's he's carrying it forward based off where we got set up here. And I then, mean, it's yeah, so funny to me that I'm, to- I'm surprised we've gone through this movie. And we haven't said this yet, but like we've all been talking about how structurally this movie is very much like Star Wars. And fans complained about that. Uh, and then the last Jedi, all the way to two billion dollars, mm-hmm. right? And then the last Jedi is so not that. The last Jedi is like, if you thought Star Wars was more the same, or, or Force Awakens was more the same, it's like Last Jedi is so different. And then there were certain fans who really hated that, who were so angry. You know, I loved it, but yeah, I, I mean, loved it, it too. But yeah. they were mad about they were mad about really stupid things like Luke wouldn't be like that. But then if they really thought it through, it's possible that Luke can be like that. Well, right. I mean, uh, Yancey, never mind that Lucas liked... had similar ideas for Luke involved as well. <laughs> right, right. Yancey, you liked Luke, right? Because Luke is not like Han Solo. He is not a retread. He's not the same guy he was thirty years ago. I love all the Luke stuff in Last Jedi, and it doesn't surprise me at all that that comes from Lucas's ideas. That makes sense to me. Because it's true that men, that people 30 years later can have soured and, and bittered, especially heroes who are going to come back at the end and be heroic again, obviously. I can't believe anybody was upset about that movie. It also helps that Johnson knows how to direct Mark Hamill, apparently. Like, it, it, just Star Wars. Which I think very much shows in Rise of the Skywalker where Mark Hamill is not good at all in that movie. Um, but Remember in the Rise of Skywalker. Oh my God, I forgot. Oh my God, Aaron, I forgot he's in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and, and he's, he's awful in it. So it's, I it's, forgot it's he's not, in that. Yeah, I forgot yeah, that. He, 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 kid at the end of Last Jedi, I thought, all right, here we go. And I guess you're not going to see him around because he's barely in that, right? The, yeah, they didn't carry that through. Yeah, well, uh, but I think I, that comes. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying Abrams is a bad actor's director. He's clearly a good actor's director. But as far as you know, the material that's required from these scripts, Johnson obviously had a very ambitious idea in mind for classic characters, and he wanted to push him to a point, which is why Mark Hamill gives arguably his best performance in that movie, where he was also the most vocally negative about it too. Yeah, wow. which is, but that with keeping in mind that Mark Campbell has complained about every single Star Wars movie yeah. while he was making it, so it's like this isn't new for Mark Campbell. <laughs> Favorite thing about this whole movie, my the most Star Wars seeming thing to me is the music that uh, uh, Manuel Miranda composed in this. Oh, that to me feels like Star Wars in that. It's- I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, I there's there, there's a lot of. J.J. Abrams lets the camera flow around the scene to show you what's going on stuff in this movie that I don't think you're giving enough credit to. Because, I mean, yeah. Stuff is is different versions of what we see in Star Wars. Star Wars was new things we've never seen before. Every Star Wars movie was that. This is the same things again. To fair. That said, this bar, there's a bar scene in every single Star Wars movie. So, and you're saying you like the scene. So, I mean, it's doing the job. No, no, I just like that. I just like the music <laughs> just just, just the music like, not even not even the fact that it's doing uh, something uh, that's you saying you like Mazgada, you like the music but somehow this scene's still bad to you it doesn't have any dramatic or, or storytelling there's nothing even in this movie on the you know, i think about when you're watching a story 
they're like this. There are certain elements that are like chewy. They get not Chewbacca, but like chewy. They get you get you into the story. There isn't even anything on the level of Natalie Portman and her decoys and switching the identity. There isn't even anything on the story. I, I, mean, I, I, just, I think the meat here is the Finn Ray stuff right now, as far as are, is this guy who's been a stormtrooper that wants to get the fuck out of here, is he going to actually join a fight to go against the thing that he was brought up to be a part of to begin with? There's some dramatic like, weight that you're like, like that. What? He just likes the girl. That's what they're playing. He can like both. He can, he can be conflicted in multiple ways. He doesn't feel conflicted about anything. He feels like he likes the girl. And he's he's literally trying to get the hell out of there. He's trying to arrange ships and whatnot to leave, to get him off this planet, to get as far as away from this as he can. It would not be heroic, but it's still, it's, 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 it, 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 it. And even if it's about the girl, that's pretty pulpy. That's pretty much calling right back to the old times. It is coming out of being a stormtrooper. I, I, they could have done a little. What's more the What's there. the point where it gets to like where it works for you? Because like you're you're, you're you keep finding like new ways to like attack the same stuff. Where it gets in the seconds, even as a little kid, I remember in that seconds in the Empire Strikes Back, really feeling not betrayed, but really kind of shocked that Han took the opportunity to make out with Princess Leia when he was rescuing her, and they had this whole romance when Luke wasn't even around. But first Star Wars movie, it feels like Luke is going to be her her boyfriend at some point. There's nothing that happens with these characters that's even surprising on that level over the course of this trilogy. And that's because there's no friction. There's nothing really, there isn't that spark of Han Solo. Han Solo is a cynical guy. Luke is a little too earnest. There isn't even that friction going on. There's just, there's nothing operating on that level. I mean, we're agreed to disagree at this point because there's no, I mean, there's no, it's been five years. It's not like you're going to change all of a sudden. I disagree. I, I, I think the stuff that you expect from a grand space opera that operates off of some traditional tropes as far as heroes and villains and having a level of romance to go if you're swashbuckling nature of things. That stuff's there. I'm not saying it's as good as Star Wars, but it's still like it's still hitting on those beats in a way that I find to be effective. Wait, uh, sorry, no, I, I, uh, just a side note, uh, because I know I think David reads more of the lore that I do about Star Wars. Do we ever get the answer about this scene that's about to happen? Oh wait, where'd David go? <laughs> <laughs> or does anybody know? Like. This what, is so it, random. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool scene. It's a great scene where she touches the lightsaber and then you're at the Empire Strikes Back and it's like, oh my God. Well, I mean, the takeaway that the takeaway that I've had comes from the title of this movie, where it, what I yeah, whatever the hell with Medicalorians and how the force works or whatnot, what what feels apparent to me based off of just this, even before The Last Jedi, is that whatever happened to the force as far as purging the Jedi and even the Sith being pretty much on the outs, the force, that mystical bubble of whatever it is, has just been kind of dormant. And now, and like, so now for whatever reason, it's been long enough and the force is just, it's literally awakening. It's bursting out of things. I hate that the whole Palpatine thing annoys me, but I guess you can justify it to some degree. But like, it feels like Ray touching this thing, being force sensitive that she is, She's. This is the first time that someone's doing something again that actually taps into this world. No one's done yeah, this, this forever. Great. I love all. And, it, and it, that's what it feels like. This scene is doing. It's like the forces. It's it's just coming out of the seams now. It's been it's just been building and building and building and finally some someone's act someone's activating it again. That's what that's what I feel like. This scene's like giving me right here. It's giving me this this answer. Life, but I don't know why the force would have been. A, that's one thing I will say. The whole series has never done the best job of is establishing. I guess the Mandalorian is trying to do, but establishing how people cannot believe in the Force or the Jedi if 
they so obviously existed in one. You well, know did, well I mean? didn't like, they so obviously exist off. though? Well, there's obviously this huge recorded history where there's Jedi where? with light flying. Where? Okay, but then there's the evil Jedi, then there's Sith who have where? powers. Now, I, I'm asking you, like, where where is this stuff that people in these outer planets that don't you know know don't care to go to Coruscant don't have these libraries well, or whatever? We don't where have is this, it? this universe being built out in a way that we understand what's between the outer planets and the inner planets. It's not it's not it's not really Star Trek where it's built out that maniacally to resemble a real society. Okay, so where where so why are these people knowing about these things? Because if there was ever a magic power that people could tap into. I, I mean, I'm saying that if you're gonna if you're gonna have that be for a forgotten thing, like the same way that the, the ring is forgotten in Lord of the Rings, you've got to convince me that the world is really full of other kinds of people who don't have any interest in that. Doesn't, doesn't it do that though? I mean, in a, a New Hope, Han doesn't believe anything that's going right. on. Yeah, you have a character who who. who, who no one does. Said, the the the, impu- the the empire that has a head yeah, literally like, can do things with lightsabers and force to people's like your hokey religion's bullshit. Like, yeah, they seem to not care. For him, what? Yeah, Darth Vader working for him. He's, yeah, but the yeah, guy, but the guy, guy says, the guy it says, to, him. says to his I face, literally your, says to him. Your, your hokey religion's a bunch of nonsense to me. I don't believe in this shit." I'm to the last guy too. If he said that, but, I think that. Where all that stuff that's off the margin was really not meant to ever be explored. It's just meant to be suggested. So this idea that it's this vast playground, yada yada, I don't I, I think that sort of ruins the joke of Star Wars, which is that you're catching this immediate res thing and then it's over and it goes on beyond it. Now that it literally is that thing, we've lost that sense of this universe is just teeming with whatever, whatever. Now that they start to build it out more and more, I start to lose track of how anyone could ever, how the force could ever not be in play there's no parallel i, I, I feel like the the very, the very first star wars movie shows me that yeah i, I don't think that's in doubt as a side note i always thought that was weird when ray just runs out of the house like i understand her being upset no, that's because that's because the script told her to that's i know really, yeah. that's what it is wait, but to, <laughs> wait i will say to yancey's point though you guys are totally right yes they absolutely show like han and the Imperial guy, and they're just like hokey religion. But then again, why do the rebels all say, may the force be with you? Like that's it's a, just it's cause it's a, sl- cause it's a phrase. Yeah. It's a, it's a common phrase. I guess so. I'm not bending over backwards. That, that comes out of reality. You people use like people God say all the bless time. you. People, people say bless you yeah, all exactly. the time. You know, I, I, people don't question where bless you came from. They just say it. The story was about you would address it. If, if this was about, if this, if the, if, if the, if the, if the Force Awakens was actually about how history is cyclical and and long live the, you know the old boss is dead, long live the new boss, it would actually be about that instead of just taking that for granted. Instead, it's not compelling at all in the way that the Empire is just back with a new name. That could be an inter, that could be that could be its own inter, entertaining interesting plot. The difference was- you keep you keep making it black and white though. Right? I think I think it, doing a moderate job is not preferred, but I can still accept that. I, I, I just I'm not going to throw it entirely Actually, out. You wouldn't want to live in a movie where you didn't like a Star Wars movie. You wouldn't want to live in a world where you didn't like it. And it's like, so what does that mean? You have to like it, or what? Your soul is dead. Your spirit is dead. I'm not understanding. I, I just think there that that you guys are not giving this movie a lot of points as we're. T- talking about it so i'm wondering what how you can 
think I'm giving it a lot of points. Oh. <laughs> I love well, it. Because, because it's more because we're on a commentary and we're, we're fighting we're, the, the avenue we're taking to describe this movie is criticism. And that's not always the healthiest thing, but I'm not not enjoying this discussion, nor am I not not enjoying this movie. I'm enjoying watching this movie. I can still be critical of aspects of it. There's so many things I can be positive about, but it's a little it, hard when you want to backtrack everything and say, but what about this and what about this? So, so Yancey, I'm like, I, I completely see both sides here of people who hate this movie and people who love this movie because this movie really is entertaining, regardless of what came before or what came after. And I could see it as a piece of entertainment that's really well cast and acted and it's fun. You know, I could take my parents to see this and they'll be entertained. I don't think I could take them to the second and the third because even as much as I love The Last Jedi, I don't think. I think it's just too heavy for them. It's it's that, and that's probably why most people didn't like it, because it was really just. It's not heavy. most people didn't like it. That movie was plenty liked. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I know, but like you know, it's not your typical popcorn movie. Yeah, it's. I'll say this. I mean, I I, I grew I grew up watching these movies with my dad, among others, and I you know I've seen all these movies with my dad. I saw Force Awakens with him. He was his his thought on Force Awakens was, it was just they just did the. First one again. That was literally his thoughts. Like they just did that one again. He watched the Last Jedi. He's like, that was just a good Star Wars movie. He watched Rise of Skywalker. He's like, his reaction was the same as like Marvel movies. Was like, oh, they just had to save the world and stuff. Whatever. Like he wasn't really interested. I, I, in it. I, I will <laughs> say it was with the Last Jedi really opened my mind a bit more to show me what I wasn't getting from Force Awakens that I could have been getting. So like while I was I was really high on Force Awakens after it came out, it was just a fun movie felt great and then i saw last year i'm like oh it can be so much more like i i think i got to a point where i just wasn't expecting these to challenge me like that movie was going to or go to the places it did um i think this movie set up that oh we're just gonna have a fluffy adventure with these new characters again it's gonna be samey samey in spots and last year i said no um, well, that's uh, yeah it. that's that's why I walked out of Foster Wiggins thinking like I I liked the movie a lot, but it was still like it's a straight to B plus. Like I wasn't like over the moon about it. It was like JJ came and he did the job that I pretty much expected to do. Johnson, who I was already a fan of, I was going in thinking now we can like really challenge this. And it did, but it did so even more than I expected to. And I was walking out thinking, well, this is a rich character study in the midst of a Star Wars movie that has a lot of ideas on its mind and continues to reward me in multiple viewings since then. Like that's and that was me thinking. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad that even though it's, you know, a giant corporation even more so now because it's Disney, I'm getting you know some meat on the bone here. I I wish that I wish that carried forward in the preceding movies. It's also the only one of this trilogy that in the grand scale acknowledges the first three existed. Oh yeah, it's a (laughs) or the the prequel trilogy. It keeps the prequels in mind. Yeah. I will say that like you know, when I go, uh, it's funny because my loving of the force awakens which i think i've been making clear what it is i love about the force awakens and i acknowledge, and i acknowledge just i acknowledge the issues that you guys have with it i love that i love han shooting the guy the star trooper without mm-hmm. looking um we haven't talked about chewy enough by the way but i think chewy's really good at this movie <laughs> I think well you know why Aaron, yeah, i do because, like I do you know like why chewy. it's because what? peter mayhew's still in it i mean i like him in solo though a lot too i think he does it the feels job. different He's younger. <laughs> yeah. He's got, uh, he's got, he uses his eyes very differently. 
Fair yeah. enough. But I but, but regard yes, I do think Chewie's very good in Force Awakens. I think there's like not and not just like good in the sequel trilogy. I mean in general, in all the times we've seen Chewbacca, I think he I think as far as involving him in the story, you know, the big hairy dog character, he gets a lot of like comedic mileage out of Chewie as far as him getting wounded and whatnot. And he like gives a look to Finn at one point or he's doing when stuff he's with on. the nurse. And like and Harrison Ford clearly having a ball, like interacting with Peter Mayhew again. Like that also shows. I do love love that. I do. Um, I just wait. I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. um, You know, Aaron, when you're like, you know, you you like this. It's it's really fun. It's a you know, it's a B plus. It's funny because like critically in my mind, I think I I understand that. I'm like, it probably is a B plus. Ironic because like. Yancey to me has always been very big on like, well, look, if you love a movie, you love a movie. And it's not really about just breaking it down to its aesthetics or or whatever. And that's why to me, I always say that I really love The Force Awakens because it's like, I can't help that when I watch the movie, I am very emotionally engaged and very moved and funny and laugh and all that kind of stuff. But yes, from a critical point of view, I completely understand being like, ah, it's like it's a B and it's three, three out of four or four out of five or whatever. But it's funny because I know that Yancey doesn't love this movie. But the reason that I am giving it a higher grade than a B plus is actually Yancey's logic, which I think is kind of funny. (laughs) I don't think this is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It looks great. It, it looks like the kind of movie I like to look at. It's full of cool colors and and, and, and action. It, it, it's slick and well handled. It's paced and very well, too. If it wasn't a Star Wars movie, and if it didn't have that baggage, I would probably have been more okay with it. It's not a bad movie. It's just it's just not what I want from Star Wars, I guess. I it's, just, not, I, it's not new. <laughs> it's not inventive enough. It's, it's, it's just, not inventive at all, and all I want from Star Wars is invention. You know, which is which is fair. That's what the original trilogy's goal and the prequel trilogy were trying to push the limits of film. I guess you, you just you put the weight in weird ways to me as far as which is the thing that you're looking for in this. And I get that from a filmmaker standpoint, I think is where you're kind of the well, most I, I, no, I think what it's not doing. Aaron, I think because it's it's episode seven. We want something more. We want this story to go somewhere. And this movie is entertaining and fun as it is. JJ is really not giving us anything at all. He's really just like, um, here's a few of these characters and here's about what kind of what they want to do, but he's leaving it to the rest of the movies. He doesn't know how to finish movies. He's not even going to try. He's like, this is a question. This is a question. Good, good question for another time. He doesn't even come back to it. Which, and, which is, which is why him signing up to Rise of Skywalker felt like a, that was a big sigh for me. That he was, also, yeah, he yeah. mistakes that the original Star Wars was posing so many questions as well. Like it wasn't. Like, right. it, like true. you weren't like who oh, Luke's hey, father? Oh. Who is uh, like you weren't? You weren't. We weren't thinking about it. We weren't thinking about that. Self-contained. It might have been a disaster. It doesn't have hang, hanging things. You know. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I'd argue this. <laughs> This movie's setting up stuff, but I mean, I didn't walk out of Force Awakens being like, "Man, I hope I figure out who's Ray's parents are." And I don't. I, I didn't, but the internet went with it. I know, but you're but the internet went with it. I don't know if JJ was thinking this is clearly the thing that we're going to hinge a lot of bets on here. I think he might have well, left that I, lingering because that's just the nature of Star Wars, as far as. But Ryan addressed it. What Ryan Johnson addressed it. It was big enough for no, him to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying these weren't things that were not going to be solved whatsoever. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm saying, I don't think JJ Abrams was thinking not answering this right now is going to fuel this kind of online 
you know, uh, right. boil no, but, of but what's going to happen it, next. It, it interested Ryan Johnson in terms of what it meant to Ray, not what it meant to the audience. Right. And that's the important thing there because he was making that film not knowing it. His thing was in her journey, she was always stuck on going back to that and he had to move her forward from that and also give her just right. information. And his the thing he took from this is that she had to take a while to be convinced she was a part of this magical story that was being told and she thought it was told for her when she had to have the harsh truth that, no, it's not being told for you. You make your own path. This is what it is. Right. And at that the was same, part of that. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And I, I, there was a part of this where I kind of lost my train of thought. But the, the original trilogy answers this question in the second movie. So I think a lot of the, uh, the Internet was kind of posing that same question on this sequel trilogy. Because when yeah, you have you're, fandom, they're not as creative. They're not creators a lot. They know what they see, and so the thing yeah, they see should right. be what it was last time. Like right. that's Sure. At, at the same time, it's not like Empire Strikes Back was some kind of anomaly. It's the inspiration for how sequels do things. And so at that point, audiences are always expecting the sequel to do the thing that Empire did. That's why they're always comparing things to Empire as far as the best sequels, as, as far as the structure. It's got to be darker. It's got to have some revelations. It's got to end sadly. Like it has this kind of standard set so like i i can understand where fans are coming from as far as thinking well we had the first one now the That's second the one's going to take us down it always, dark, it always ends on an uncertain yeah it, yeah so so i it's not unwarranted that audiences would want to be like rabid about what's going to come next it's just more there's a segment that didn't like the answers <laughs> that's the problem almost what answer would have been dramatically interesting in none there would be no i mean unless you just had a guy that did literally the I don't even know because that's the, the same, same answer because I'm hoping for make no sense narratively because I'm, I'm, I'm addressing finally Leia comes on the screen and it's like, Oh, that's nice. We finally got this going. The, 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 the problem, the problem with talking about this is we're talking about it. C-3PO pop. It is also hilarious. <laughs> you probably don't recognize me. Look at because of my red, red arm. arm character development. <laughs> it's, Look at his arms red. It's, awesome. it's so funny. Anna and I laugh about that a lot. I love that. The, yeah. It's it's like the Fucking refrigerator of Indiana Jones. It's that, that's how embarrassing that line is. It's oh, I like that line. But I mean, I love that line. Like, it's and I like. The I have to say, it's great that Han Solo is still not interested in three PO at all, even thirty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What I, what I was what I was trying to get to is the 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 problem I have with even debating this to begin with is the people we're talking about that don't like this. It's, it's such a small faction by comparison. By comparison to the. The, the vast amount of people that went to see The Last Jedi that made it one of the biggest films of all time, that gave it an A minus cinema score, which is rather high, which had massive critical appraisal from everybody as far as seeing this movie and writing about it in an educational and in an intelligent manner. It's like, why even why even give much pause to this like segment that is very convinced that you know Poe should have been the hero all along and Ray should just be sitting in her place and why have Rose here only whites like I I just <laughs> it's, I don't understand why to get into that to begin with. I mean like like Brandon said it shouldn't matter what it shouldn't matter so much what other people think about Star Wars movies but these movies are very personal to all of us for whatever reason you know. Uh, the reactions to Star Wars movies for the last 25 years have been so exaggerated. And that's a testament to, I guess, how good, how much we love those first three, but like, and how toxic the internet is. Yeah. But by the time prequels and then these came out, reactions to Star Wars are very nearly political. Like yeah, you but they're asshole. but they're amp they're amplified by the fact that they have means to communicate this to not just their friends, but to the world. 
True, but it just Star Wars meant so much for so long, and there was so there was no Star Wars for so long. I agree. So it's uh, it's a potent combination. Not only do you really want this thing to be this thing that you like again, but you're able to say how much disappointment you have with it to everybody. Well, I mean, I I remember I was thinking about this today. I remember I was the perfect. I was 26 when the Phantom Menace came out, and I remember the, at the beginning with the trilogy, it was like, yeah, that was pretty cool. I kind of didn't like this part, but it was pretty cool. Five years later, it's those are the worst movies ever made. That right. that's just to show you that these movies are so important that people's reactions are not sane. There's so much to like in those prequels. Well, there's, always, there's always the focus, like like with the prequels that happen too. We take out the three things you didn't like. Like right. I, I don't, you don't need you to tell me Jar Jar was not great in Phantom Menace. No. Fine, but like here, it's like there's a lot of rebuttal. There's a lot of essays about how like great Last Jedi is and why this is good and how this and it's overly explained, clear as day because people didn't get stuff and they go, but but Luke drank milk from a cow. Yeah, face cow. Like, yeah, that was two seconds. Like, it, it's can- Canto Bite. They hate it too. Oh, they hate that. It which is, has some great developments that they tend to just freaking miss. I, I think what, yeah, the Canto Bite stuff. I'm I'm not so fond of the space donkeys and and them running through buildings, but there is a character development underneath mm-hmm. that story that I tends to be missed. And, and there's I, some galactical de- like setup and stuff about like how there's not just the the empire and rebels all the time there's these behind the right. scenes thing and dj and was a really interesting character he was and people and i think they could have too he could have probably been presented in a different way and that would have been more convincing girl. yeah a little mm-hmm. yeah that was great. The, i like i think ben yeah. pretty good in it yeah i well, yeah, sure I, they were I, I, back i i like all the cantabites <laughs> yeah i do i do I, do like the canto- like, <laughs> I, I like i like the I like a Star Wars movie that goes to planets and introduces aliens. That's that's no, no, no. That's I what I, I I don't like them crashing through buildings. I don't think animals would do that. Because <laughs> what was what was stopping them doing that from before? I want. They weren't I, free. I will say that they did. They, like, they had to raise the gate. <laughs> um, while I uh, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying, and especially about how social media can kind of empower what is kind of like a smaller opinion. On something, you know, I will say one thing that was really weird, and I think I did bring this up with you guys when we saw, uh, or after Last Jedi had been out for a while. Um, I remember when I saw The Empire Strikes Back, I was like, I don't know, 10 years old or something. And I remember my aunt and uncle, they thought that Vader was lying. They were absolutely convinced that Lair- Vader's lying. It's not his dad. Um, he just wants Luke because he's powerful with the Force. And then now, of course, I'm taking that, which is people I actually knew in real life, and taking it now to social media, where I remember with Last Jedi, people were very much like, oh, no, she wasn't, Kyla, you know, Ray obviously has a backstory, that's not true, um, Kylo was lying. And I always thought that was interesting to me, even though these are two very different circumstances, and I'm a different person being a kid, but... Maybe even even back then with the with Star Wars, that was only like the second Star Wars movie. There was a prevalence of like needing to believe things are a certain way because you already have such an attachment to these characters in this world. My and question that, is: Is that ever happened? Like, has there ever been a like a thing that was said and then it was just like not true? Wait, what do you mean? As far as like saying Vader was lying to him, has that actually ever happened in a movie? You don't know. It's a good point. <laughs> Be what, Yancey? Awesome. what Yancey? That's more like a weekly TV show. 
development where the next week you find out he was lying. Oh, you mean like a soap, soap opera. opera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, 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 it would have been, it would have felt jerky if, ah, I was lying. That would have, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know if it's just how I was raised watching movies or what. But I've never been like, I can't accept this at face value in this kind of media. Like there is yeah. unreliable narrators or whatnot. But I've never been like. Well, he must be lying. That's the solution to this question. Like, I don't. That doesn't. That doesn't ring true to me ever. Like, I don't. That's not something. Like, that's not something I can do. Did you guys think Kyle was going to take his, his helmet off in this movie? Is that yeah? You wouldn't cast that. Eh, was it in the? I forgot. Was it in the trailers? I don't remember. Of course not. No, no, no. no. Okay. And <laughs> the, the the trailer the trailer goes deeper with like faking it by having him like what in the snow with the lightsaber and his helmet still on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they oh, no, 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 it's behind him. But it's, no, it, yeah, it, it is. Oh, it is behind him with the lightsaber. There was yeah. also a set photo of him at the Rebel base with the X Wing pilot uniform on walking around too during filming. That wasn't oh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, no, it wasn't Saturday Night Live. I know, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Undercover was, boss. Yeah. There was a there was a set photo from that with that. Okay, but I'm not going off set photos because I just generally don't really look at set. I don't do much to look into things like this. So uh, I'm just thinking in terms of this movie. You got a guy in a mask. Do you think this guy's going to take the mask off in this movie? Yeah, but then we find he's just wearing it just to be cool, which I like that. I love development that. that Ryan Johnson builds on in the next one. But oh, yeah, JJ's the, like, no, put it back on. Like I'm not talking about Kylo too much because I know we'll have plenty to say next time around we do one of these mm-hmm. commentaries because I think it becomes much more. I mean, I think he's fine here, but I think it becomes much more interesting in the next one. Um, but like, yeah, he's doing the job. And I like as far as that, we haven't talked about like the types of people these are playing because if you want to talk about the depth of this film or like the stuff it's trying to get into, Peter, you've talked about it plenty of times as far as what these people represent. When you have this Kylo Ren character who's just this, like bratty wannabe kid. I do like that. I like is like if you're gonna make an, something evil, I, I'd much prefer to see something like Kylo. That's this like new generation brat guy versus a right. Snoke, where it's just like all powerful being again. It's like all right, I've seen that. I haven't seen a Kylo in this universe before. To this, yeah, he was the precious part of this, I think Kylo. Yeah. Wait, Yancey, you said he's what? He was the most interesting development I think out of this movie. He was the most interesting new character. I He's also a great at, uh, being Adam Driver too helps. Yeah, that, helps. The yeah. There. that helps. I mean, I was an actor like Adam Driver in a Star Wars movie before, as they're like such a sort of methody, intense actor, other than the older guys. It's an interesting choice, and it works pretty well um, in this movie. And this was probably a majority of audiences' introduction to him as well. Oh yeah, because they're not. I think like I girls think that, or whatever. Girls. I'm thinking of the sex scenes and girls. I think the people I know who who did not like Kylo as a character throughout throughout the whole trilogy, not not just the f- first movie, what they didn't like, I think, is what I think Aaron is saying is a positive. Is that I think there are a lot of people who, and I do not mean that I'm I'm I hope I'm not coming across as like condescending or anything, but I think there are a lot of people that like villains basically being like Walter White. They kind of want a bad guy to be, you know, they're bad and they need to be taken down, but they're kind of cool and you kind of like them. And I think with Kylo Ren, yeah, Abrams and Johnson are really playing up the brattiness of that. And that is not a flattering look. That is not something that you're like, oh, I want to be like that guy. Even though Adam Driver is very, you know, he's very handsome and everything. I like that, but I do think there there's a demographic of people that they want the villain to be... Yeah, it's like it's like they don't 
want that. And it's a weird, does that make sense what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, oh, well that, that really is just ugly. And it's like, well, yeah, he's the bad guy as opposed to Tony Soprano or someone else who's like also charming or something. Well, I mean, I think there's also just a lack of, suffice to say, mystery for the character too. Like it feels like you get him in this movie, at least yeah. it feels like you, there's, there's not a, you know, Vader is like, who is this guy? Like he's I like this. Like, it's cool. It's, it's like this sleek black thing that mm-hmm. walks and it feels intimidating and whatever. It's where like Kylo, it's like, yeah, it's this brat character. And, that seems like it's it so far. There's conflict as far as oh, he has daddy issues. That's not new. Uh, so it's like, but as far as like who he's supposed to be, he's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. That's Kyle. I, I can see where there's a hey guys, there's Daniel, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Daniel Craig. <laughs> I mean, you, Oh yeah. There's Benoit, Daniel Craig. Daniel, Benoit Blanc is here guys. <laughs> it's going to solve a mystery. But I mean, you could almost argue that even like we, that's sort of the, that is sort of the complaint. And actually, you know, we're, we're here talking about how much, JJ um, of really wanted to stay away from not just maybe what would be seen as George Lucas, but but really stay away from what is seen as like a prequel thing. And it is interesting because in a lot of ways, we could argue the acting might be different, but Hayden and Adam Driver are both playing very young, whiny, impetuous people. So that is kind of interesting sure. that they... That, JJ did not yeah. say, hmm, that's kind of like Anakin. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Like, I, well, I, I, but I, yeah. I mean, they're more confident in their acting choice as far. I mean, they, they have Adam Driver's already proven himself for one thing, as far as like being good at this kind of stuff, where Hayden was pretty green. Like, you know, he'd done some things, but he, you know, wasn't. And also, this would be if you, I remember at the time of the prequels, they were, they would have been want to cast the guy from uh, Dawson's Creek, right? Uh, um, Joshua yeah. Jackson or the. Yeah, I think they. The, 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 the fans wanted someone who looked like they were already going to be evil the minute you saw them. Well, didn't they? It wasn't like DiCaprio they tried for, and uh, Ryan yeah. Phillip, Brian Philippi was another one that came in. Yeah. It just seems mm-hmm. like Driver looks like he's evil from the first look you get at him, whereas Jake Lloyd and Hayden Christensen, they look like they're going to be the, 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 the they got nice guy energy. Got, yeah, got, that's true. They got nice Backstreet, Backstreet Boys vibe. Yeah. So what was the Brandon? You know what was the the, the Lucas thing going to be about? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, it, he wanted it to be about you know the grandchildren of Darth Vader was his thing, but he had always flirted with that. Fans would have hated his idea as it would have delved more into the metaphysical, spiritual yeah. world of the Force. So, like, um, the the wills and like the Force Ghost stuff would have been a huge thing with his like trilogy. It, it feels like his steps were similar to like what Ridley Scott seems to be obsessed with. Not not one for one, but I mean, as far as yeah, I'm still doing this thing, but I'm really interested in this stuff about this thing now. Right. And like, yeah, and, talk, and about, that, talk about the engineers. The engineers and just, yeah, like and and robots, like really, that seems yeah. way more interested in robots than aliens. Of course, <laughs> that's that seems right. where he's where he's interested. And well, like the some kind of a, a version of Lucas's story, at least as a comic book or something. At some point, it'd be nice to know what the third trilogy might have really been. Story, he'll, he'll let it out in some other form. Like I like thematically, his ideas will make it out if ever if he ever decides to actually make the movies he wants to make again. Not Star Wars, but I mean, just other movies. If Co- again, if Coppola can get him drunk enough to sign some contracts, <laughs> I mean, we don't talk. We don't challenge. We just talk about past victories now. In the interview, Brandon said he. It sounds like 
the days of trying to encourage George to make something are probably, he really got hurt. I mean, yeah, people don't think, that's the thing that's so weird is we love George Lucas so much. He was a Disney-esque figure for us in those years after the OT. And then he does this thing with the, with this, with this, with where he, where he does the additions to the, 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 the original trilogy before the PT comes out. And that really just turned everyone against him and really against auteur in cinema in general. And the idea that this is one guy who's in charge. You say against. I mean, people wanted to see for the Phantom Menace, though. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't yeah. anticipated. It wasn't. We didn't realize that the originals were just going to go, go. When we got those VHS tapes. I mean, like, the thing is, that's the price you pay for someone who I think is a genius. Is they're often eccentric and they're often thorny. And they're not just about giving you what you want. And so for me, I, I I don't really need any of those changes in, in the in, in the in the old movies. None well, of them are essential. But I don't care. To think what you get from Lucas otherwise is so outweighs the eccentricities and peccadillos that people want to just castigate him for. That that and goes man, back that goes back to your thoughts on how important these films seem to be to people, though. But and and also the uh, fact that it just doesn't happen often. You don't get other filmmakers that have that have literally went back and altered all of you know their 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 life's work that means so much to people. That it did is so there, long with, it, it did, the, the affection for these movies should have meant that when Lucas said, okay, I'm doing this new thing, I'm doing a prequel trilogy, I'm going to make all three. The first one is just the first one. I'm definitely going to make three. It's not dependent on a studio or anything. Be patient and let me tell you this story. No, first one sucks. They all suck. No patience. Fuck this guy. They should let me do it. Fuck George Lucas. He's old. So quickly and so fast, it, it was really kind of sad for me to see that someone who could be so lionized could be so quickly hated. And the fact that he then really seemed to have been hurt by all this it's just nobody gives a shit. Well, it's but really it's weird. Movies because that, that, that did the thing for us. Living in the moment, the Phantom Menace was met with uh, not so much hatred. Attack of the Clones was kind of like a not perfect, but step in the right direction. And then Revenge of the Sith was loved. And then somewhere like a year or two later, they all were terrible. It was an awful <laughs> time. Everything sucked. But I remember being in that moment. Sith was well-reviewed. It wasn't like that. Attack of the Clones was a sort of return to form. It wasn't like heavily loved, but people thought it was a step in the right direction. Both steps in the right direction. And it was almost like the more you stepped in the right direction, the more the real angry fans wanted to pull it back. So that mm -hmm. now the one that was the best one, the third one, they, they don't even want to concede that that one's any good. Right. What are you guys really talking about? What are you guys talking about? We're talking they about were not well loved. Attack of the Clones was terrible. No, it, upon it was, release, I'm talking about yes. Upon, re upon, for, for release, upon release, yes. Upon release, it was pretty plateaued. It was pretty. There was uh, it was not returned to form. From, from my neck of the woods, I, I was sitting there thinking. For me personally, I was like, oh, all right, that was like, I'm because I'm not the biggest attack the clones, but but as far as like the people are, you know, the teenagers around me, it was like, yes, it was a huge still, hit. Still, still the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was a hit, but it was terrible. No, it wasn't Wait. terrible at all. It was not. Wait, it was, I mean, I, I, at the time, it was. This is my favorite line in the movie when 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 Harrison Ford says, "Oh, you're cold," and he looks at Chewbacca. That's really funny. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, David. Wait. So when we David, when the podcast was when we started this commentary, you were talking about the things that um, the things that George Lucas did got right about the prequels. Abrams like did not like do yeah. what, you know what he did. I think we can all agree that what he what he's what Abrams brings is obviously you know his chemistry with the actors and all that kind of stuff. But wait, David, now you're saying Attack of the Clones is terrible. Do you 
do you not like any of the prequels at all or like no i i love phantom menace he's a phantom menace guy yeah i think that movie is great i think if if jar jar wasn't as jar jar as he was i, I like think jar jar. i think overall people would actually and the Nemoidians' accents i think if if those things were changed you could fix the phantom menace into a really great movie with editing and sound design you could really fix that movie but you can't fix attack of the clones and you can't fix revenge of the sith oh story story wise story wise the movies are there but two and three editing and acting and pacing and dialogue not there what about the sound design what about like the big the world building no i I love i love he's not he's 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 not arguing the technical uh, aspects of i don't know what to do i don't no, if you, is, uh, 20, if you cut twenty minutes out of Attack of the Clones, all you got left is great Star Wars. Like, so holding the the love scenes against me seems like you know, what is it cutting your nose to 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 to, to harm you? It, it seems like you're yeah, the Attack of the Clones is other issues for me besides the love stuff. No, that that's the yeah, Attack of the Clones is like the least of my worries. It's um the it's it's you're having you have uh, Obi Wan go on this mystery goose chase. It's, the action is just like it's middling. It doesn't have like any intent. We had a whole commentary about Attack of the Clones that we don't need to retrace right now. We got to talk yeah, about this movie, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Here's Captain Phasma, who everybody was, you know, going to be the next Boba, Boba, Boba Fett's cool, but, you know, <laughs> Captain Phasma gets as much screen time and to do and nope. <sighs> See, this oh, is she is very she's very Boba Fett. Yeah, this is yeah. this is this this is the stuff of Han Solo where I'm like just not as into. Like he's doing his job as far as he makes the lines fun, but when he says when he just makes callbacks where he says trash compactor as if like that's like oh yeah like he's you could might as well just reach out of the camera and slap you in the face and be like get it <laughs> like that's that's what yeah. he's doing or when he says oh it's just another Death Star we'll just do it we'll just blow it up that works right and now, and now it's like get... or he, like he's doing his tight five on Star Wars now and it's like what's going well, on. We get I this like, X-wing yeah. fight that JJ's just not interested in. It just feels like now, this is going. I, li- on too. I actually I like that he's not interested in it. I like okay. that the movie. I like that the movie's good enough to realize we we're not going to top a New Hope's Death Star trench run. No, which just well, ha- it's a means to an end. But Return of the Jedi had some pretty good space battling stakes, and and ideally, you know, Return Return of the Red, uh, Rise of Skywalker would have had an amazing space battle. Instead, it has the most ships ever that do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like at the the good thing about the Force Awakens, at least, even though everything is kind of a retread, he does show us incredibly new ways to show an X wing battle. In, okay. in the way it's choreographed i really do appreciate the time it took to to make these scenes he throws all of that away in rise of skywalker like there's yeah. not a good action scene in in that mo- entire episode nine except for maybe like the the rave action chase thing that was entertaining but beyond that i, I like the the fight when they're like cross warping through oh yeah yeah the, in the, yeah in the, in the, in oh, the snow, the, the snow right, wait for me in my room i've got a secret like that, because I mean that that was the most visually interesting I thing I think he did in that movie, as far as you mean light speed light speed jumping. No, 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 no. That oh, don't give me no, 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 the, no. The, the, that light that lightsaber fight between Kylo and Ray, where they're like on, she's they're like on, they're not on the same planet. Oh, okay. Like, oh, that is ship, good. Yeah, I like. That. I mean, like it, that. yeah, I'll give you that. It wasn't that's, like to that's me. It was just... that's, that's something different to me, and it like it, and I, I like that they're. Again, it's because the because because Last Jedi established some neat things about the Force. They're like, okay, let's amplify that to a fight scene. I thought that was pretty neat. Right. 
that that was new. That's the biggest new thing they introduced was the sort of telephone which is, thing. Which is yeah. par for the course for Star Wars. Every Star Wars has new force thing. Like that's every oh, movie. Right. And most of them have a lot, and this has one. And I'm talking about all things, not just force things. This has one I wasn't trying to compare them. I'm just saying that's par for the course for Star Wars. That's all I said. That's the only thing that's par for the course. Great. For Star okay. Wars. I'm glad you established a number to it. That wasn't what I was trying to do. <laughs> Wait, so am I the only person on this podcast who does not buy? Oh, actually, I don't think Yancey does, but what? I don't know. I'm assuming David is going to say, yeah. Like, what? I do not, in, and we don't have, we can do this at the end of the pod, but I mean, what? I don't assume that the original trilogy are the best three Star Wars movies at all. Not at all. I mean, I do. But. I, I, I would say they are probably, yeah. Really? The Loops directed the best. Those are the ones that I treasure the most. What? Wait, where are you going with this, Peter? Yeah, what? what? Well, wait, if David said... So, well, Peter, the, Peter, what is yours again? Is it, is it, is it Phantom Menace, uh, Caravan of Courage, and Solo? Is that your favorite <laughs> thing? <laughs> hey, don't this the Ewok adventure. I would say, I would say, terrible. I would say right now, I would say it's uh, Star Wars, Last Jedi, Revenge of the Sith. Empire is like fourth. Like that's... I'm, I've seen Empire so many times. Like it's, it's and really that's hard. why it's bad. It's not that it's bad. It's, it's still a, it's still an A movie and everything. But if you're asking me, what am I going to put on? And Yancey, you had this too. When Yancey and I—that's a different question, though. What am I going to put on versus how do I like? How do I how do I judge this film? That is, I'm not going to put it. I'm not putting this on because I've seen it too much. Therefore, not as good as the others. And I do, and I do love The Empire Strikes Back and everything. But I have a lot of issues with. That's like me as a kid being like, Back to the Future Two is better because I've seen one too much. Right. What? That's not the same at all. I'm. That's no, exactly that what you just said. What are you talking about? I've <laughs> seen like this too much. I've seen this too much. Therefore, it's not good anymore. <laughs> what you're saying, I think you're trying to say, is that the it's true. Star Wars itself is a film of ideas. Jedi and Empire are just further adventures. Star Wars, yeah. but it's very distinctive. No, you're 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 feeding Peter good lines now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go with what he's saying. I agree with what he's saying. Like, don't uh, you, Ryan Johnson, his Force Awakens. <laughs> entryway into this world and, and a complete vision that didn't need any more chapters oh yeah if we only had one star wars ever it's only the first, first one that's, that's the only one you need right that's true where are know. we with the uh, john williams star score in this movie i like the ray theme yeah, yeah i like ray's theme i like the score i not give a shit about these movies what the ray theme how does it go i'm it dun 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 yeah. dun dun yeah, dun it's the bells. I think, yeah, overall it's fine. I don't think I loved Kylo Ren's theme, but it's gr- it's grown on me. Kylo Ren's theme felt easy. Like, yeah. it, like it, it just felt like an alternate take on something he had from Empire Strikes Back. But uh, I, the Rafe theme approached new no, the Rafe theme is, I mean, I think that's a pretty, I, except for Yancey, yeah. he just decides to spite everything. I, I think they, the, the Rafe theme stands out. How dare John Williams come back? And- the, the, the thing is, <laughs> I, I, re- I really like his Rise of Skywalker score. I think that's the one that stuck out to me the most. I like the Last Jedi Last Jedi, Jedi score was mine, yeah. I like the Last Jedi. I, I mean, I thought it was... <laughs> I, I've never I've never like listened to it separately to like know I guess but it just uh, it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit me in a way. What kind where... of Star Wars fan are you? Yeah. <laughs> the guy that makes fun of Peter. That's what. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Here you go, Ben. Lucas fan. At the end of the day, probably that's how you can explain me. 
American Graffiti is my favorite movie of all time. So at the end of the day, my money's on George Lucas more than it is Star Wars, which is why I can say I like the four he directed the most. Even though they may be flawed, those are the four that have the most passion to me as movies, what I look for. It's pretty simple. Actually, I think that's a pretty, I think that, yeah, I think that fits for you, Yancey. I think that totally makes sense. Like, I, I, I think that's valid. So Phantom Menace over The Empire Strikes Back? It's more, more interesting to me as a movie. The, the, the eyes are connected to the soul, whereas Empire Strikes Back is an amazing further adventure, but it's not a movie of ideas. The Yoda yeah, I stuff is... Yeah, I would agree. That's a good shot. Uh, that, that shot. Yeah, that's a good shot. I, that, that comes down to just, I mean, not something you can... That's subjective. I mean, it's entirely subjective anyway, but I mean, that's that's just the... How is it subjective? No, not... I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the way you're coming away with how you appreciate a movie. I like, I don't, I can admire admission. I, I can admire ambition plenty as far and, you know, passion and what have you, but it's not the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm not judging it the same way that you are. And that's, 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 so that's, like, uni- that's uniquely you as far as why it is that you like the four Lucas films the most. You can argue that yes, this, the prequels have a lot more ideas because he, he had that many that much that many decades to think about it but how did he execute those ideas is what the end result is and that's, and that's what i'm that's criticizing I, yeah. that's where i side with and but i'm then, one of, where do I we like go with more than david but. but but then even though i love the force awakens where do we go with it sounds like you guys are all basically jumping on the force awakens for being very well executed but not having any ideas so right. in that realm then it really should grade wise it should be the same as attack of the clones for david because it's it's just the flip. It's basically just the flip. It's but like you're, but you're, I mean, you're trying to summarize it into a grade now at that point. Well, well sure, because <laughs> like, it's like you lose you lose that, but you get that, and then it's the the opposite. I mean, right? Because you, usually when you when you grade a movie on how successful it is, you don't go like how creative is that story. It's how the, it whatever story it is it's, is executed. So well, then that would mean that the Force Awakens. So that it's not a problem that the that the ideas aren't there for you. Then that it is a problem, but problem. that's but I don't. But that's not why other, other things outweigh the fact that that's yeah, a it doesn't. It's not a deal breaker here for him because like, okay. So he, back to what Peter was saying, I'd rather watch The Force Awakens over Attack of the Clones because it's just more entertaining. But if I wanted, well, I even with the ideas, I don't think I would pop into Attack of the Clones. Real quick. Uh, uh, it's gone from Phantom Menace is the worst one. Everybody knows it. To now Attack of the Clones is the worst one. Everybody knows That's not new for David and I. I mean, I've watched <laughs> <laughs> five or six years. Before that, I was no Phantom Menace is the worst one. Everybody oh, yeah. Knows. I mean, that's I mean that's fans. I don't care about them. I'm talking about my own soap. I've, I've always been like, Phantom Menace is great. And so, I, Phantom I Menace like, has, is I great, like Attack really of the Clones, but it, it's still like the well, least. I, I, like, it was I, the I, least for me. Of the clones, and I give you the that the weaknesses of Attack of the Clones are even Lucas getting a little lily livered and pivoting away from what he was doing to please the fans. Oh, well, it's, it's, a couple, it's, a, it's a it's a couple of things. I mean, it's that. It's also I just don't like the digital photography in that movie. I don't think yeah, it's, it's, it's forty five yeah, movie screen showmanship on an order uh, you don't you haven't seen anywhere I, else that decade. I'm not a huge fan of the Jedi's pose in a stadium battle either. So this doesn't. No, it's terrible. Those extras are so bad. <laughs> Oh, you don't like the Yoda thing? Yoda no, fight's the, fine. No, no, it's, 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 the stadium, it's the stadium battle where all the Jedi come out and they're like, oh my God, we're posing like, it's like they're not, it's just whatever. Back to yeah. back. I mean, I I, spe- I I think Boltar Swan comes to mind as the one that just looks really awkward when she shows up. And, but uh, she's a Jedi, by the way. If you guys- this, yeah, I got it. has nothing to do with Han Solo, <laughs> who Han Solo was in the original trilogy, who we think of him at. His death has no resonance at all 
Killing Han Solo should have had some resonance. They went with the path it, of least resonance. Yeah, the, the, the new, I feel like it does. I feel like it does. the it new does, trilogy it, is. It oh. does because you like Han Solo. That's right. what it comes well, down to. Well, sure. I mean, bullshit. Yeah. that's a bullshit well, reason. I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying as far as people that do have that reaction, it's not because of the well-developed version of his character resonating with who he is now versus who he used to be and how that plays against Rey versus Kylo and what have you. It's because they like Han Solo and now they but can't why see is him anymore. What's up with death cult? Don't kill him. Let him fly after the sunset. Why you got to kill him? Well, the, because well, the, that's what he wanted. Yeah, because, 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 because Harrison because wanted. it's because it's a shortcut to get your back. Because Yancey, Yancey, because J.J. Abrams just isn't a great filmmaker comparatively to others. Because Obi Wan died, and it's a and it's a shortcut to a to dramatic urgency. Yeah. And so the sequel trilogy, the sequel trilogy is the one where Han dies, the one where Luke dies, and the one where Leia dies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You ever, you ever think about how Kylo and Han Solo only share two scenes together in this whole trilogy? And it's the same one. <laughs> it's the same basic scene. Just play. Yeah, no, you're right. It's like yeah. it's Tenet. It's the Tenet of Star Wars. With yeah. Kylo and Han scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the Death Star thing for a second? Yeah, I get, yeah. I I get that. Yes, it's easy just to do a Death Star again. That said, I keep holding on to the idea of if you have a weapon that can destroy planets. Keep building them. Building that weapon, right? I mean, yeah. like it's, it makes sense to me. Well, they did. That's in the final order. Yeah, yeah. They made they made everything a Death Star. It's it's really dumb, but at the same time, I, from the lo- like, from the logic of the bad guys, it's like we have pretty much the best weapon ever. I I I don't know why we wouldn't keep doing that, even though they destroyed one of them, and I and like in Palpatine's ridiculous plan is like well what if everything the death star i mean i get it it's like yeah all right they, it failed the first couple times what if everything's the death star then they can't mess with me and they still mess with him because he's just bad at his job apparently but it's, it's just I, I i get the it's too similar to the first movie thing but as far and, as a, and this and the and the third movie thing yeah but as far six. but as far as a logic question it's like well i mean yeah you just build another death star right right which which <laughs> why would which, they scale down why would they be like well I guess Death Stars don't work because two of them weren't failed. Well, so we'll, we'll that, just, let's just make why, weaker weapons. And that's why this should be episode 10. I wouldn't be so mad about it because uh-huh. we're, it, you know, in a book, you don't write a chapter about a Death Star, the second Death Star exploding, and then the next chapter, oh, here's a bigger, badder one. I mean, the only thing later. not making episode yeah. 10 is the fact that it just has big, bold letters saying it is. It really is episode 10. <laughs> like, I know, but I really want them to just commit to that because it just it's frustrating how easy that could have been. I mean, your mind can compute the fact that there's been 30 years and there's been stuff that's happened since then. Yeah. But it but makes it, sense in terms of movie distance rather than story distance or logical next step. So it's it's kind of, I mean, it's in comparison, like, so Friday the 13th part four has that go. guy searching for his sister that was lost in part two, which was literally like four days ago, but he's got newspaper clippings and he's been on the hunt forever because between movies, it's been a couple of years, but really in the story, <laughs> it's been a couple of days. That's kind of what you have here with Death Stars. Uh, and that's, then, I'm sorry, that moment still gives me chills. I, cool. I think this is, this is well done. This is, this whole sequence really, is fantastic. With Ray like, and stuff. Well, it, I like I mean, the, uh, it's the very film, empowering. It's, the filmmaking of this scene is great, too. This, yeah. is like an, this is like an early step for the Mandalorian as far as they built a whole set. They put up fake trees and had fake snow flying all over the place to like I mean, give the impression of this. This is a really great cover band, and they remixed yeah. the, the original songs really well. That's, that's what it is. 
You remember what uh, yeah, Sam Jackson had to say about this? Wait, what? Remember what Sam Jackson had to say about the new movie? What? What did he say? He was like, these kids need to learn how to fight. <laughs> that was his reaction to Star Wars. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sam I mean, Jackson I, wasn't the best actor in the in those prequels. He I'm not saying he was. I'm just saying as far as they asked him and that was his opinion. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just feel like... I'm not the best actor. I got an opinion on this movie. <laughs> I, I just really, I think that, that this whole that whole sequence... Yeah, I mean, this stuff's okay. But I mean, like the... Everything with uh, Ray, Finn, and Kylo in the forest, I think is pretty great. I mean, it's just, and it's just yeah. very, I mean, subjectively, of course, I am I am just very emotionally there. I am. Well, the stakes I, are personal. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it, very personal stakes. So the score I, sweeps up really well, too. Yeah. The what? The score. score. The score does a good job. Yeah. Really I mean, it's so, so when David's saying cover band, it's like, yeah, I get it. I'm like, I get what you're saying, but the fact is, I mean, I'm emotionally, I'm in it. I'm, I'm so like in, in that scene. Um, yeah, no, I agree. This, that's, that's why I don't, I mean, I say all the things that I say, but it's a really entertaining movie. It's really well done. That's why I like, I don't mind the fact that there's not more emphasis on this stuff or the fact that there is a giant machine that can literally blow out all of the planets to ruin everything forever for everybody in this. And like the, none of that's ever going to compete with, you know, Death Star next to Yavin 4. Like, that stuff, that, like, every time I watched A New Hope, it comes down to the wire with Han Solo just, like, getting there in time to knock yeah. out Darth. That gets me every single time. I've seen yeah. the movie a thousand times. It gets me every single time. This is, like, nothing's gonna do that for me. So it's, like, I don't mind that the this is kind of matter-of-fact, like, yeah, if there's some X-Wings in there and they got the job done. Like, I don't care. Like, it, this stuff right here with the fighting, the lightsaber fighting, that works too well for me for me to like concern myself with how you know whatever's going on in the sky. So so going back to the ships real fast, you know, you go from Return of the Jedi where you had B wings and A wings and X wings and Y wings, mm-hmm. and then you have this one where they just only have X wings. Right. I just felt like you know we were talking about that earlier. It's like there should there should be at least something else with the X wing that's was, new. You know, a financial crisis was uh, happening in the in the galaxy. Uh, they had to cut, they had to cut but, the budget. But these well, are brand new X wings, and you also have they're, they're the, painted nicely. They probably no, they're brand they, no, they're brand new engines. It's a brand new model. Who said that? Not the, what? Who said they're a brand new? I mean, you know, they, they visually they yeah they have new engines. Yeah, all right. Well, they also you also well, have Greg Greg Gunberg is you know snap he's he's just mm-hmm. tinkering away and making all the X wings look different. I don't, I don't know. Well, you also have Lucas building in the first one. You have one action bit to focus on in the finale. In Empire, you have two. Return of the Jedi 3, and then you go here to one really focused and the other just kind of happening too. After you... Phantom Menace Menace is four. Phantom Menace is four. That's where the... When he goes back, he goes there. But if this is the next one after Return of the Jedi... Oh, true. You're back to two. Last Jedi does play with that. You get a lot of new ships since you get the bombers and you get some cool stuff. That's true because Ryan Johnson knows what he's doing. uh, Right, and I I appreciate that, but it's just like, yeah, I, I just... Don't understand why he's sticking with just the X wings in this one. Because it's not. I, I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah, it'd be cool. To, I love B wings. It'd be cool. It's my favorite. It'd be cool to see B wings or A wings. I know you like A wings. It'd be it'd be cool to see that stuff. Well, <laughs> and then but, that's what was so disappointing about Rise of Skywalker. Is like, oh, finally B wings are back, and then you just like barely like anything. wait, well, like right it just blends to all of the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but like all all those glances right now. I mean, I know we're jumping on JJ and everything, but there's no like. The lunges that she does, that look, that 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 look of like almost the dark side that like Ray is giving, and then they follow that up in the Last Jedi. 
it's so weird to me because I always felt that Ray, there's clearly some dark side thing going. I just don't like that it's literally Palpatine. If oh yeah, because it. it's because it's a bad movie. Right? Yeah. That's why. Like, it's, like, it's a poorly but, written film. <laughs> but again, it's like when people were like, "Oh, it's Luke's daughter" or something like that. I'm like, no. I'm like, there's clearly, clearly with Ray, it's some dark side thing. Like, I just there's yeah, something there. Really I mean, even if they, even if the Palpatine choice stayed the whole way through, there's a way to do that to make that right. work. It's just True. badly written. <laughs> like, I mean, right. I, again, as Brandon, you know, alluded to earlier, somehow Palpatine returned. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> isn't it. that the line? Is that oh, is that why he's being the yeah? That's literally all they said, yeah, which is mm-hmm. lame. He's back, right? I mean, there's some tubes in the background, so he cloned or maybe threw his consciousness into whatever. I, what, what, this know? is a sloppy part, too. Um, where he's like, Oh, go get Kyle Ren, Kyle Ren, we're gonna complete his training, like, oh, right, what? like, <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, you know, so yeah, so like the prequel trilogy, I, I said it before, you have someone falling to the dark side in the original trilogy, you have the bring redemption of it, but then so this one should play with, I mean, they kind of toy with it of her going dark. But mm-hmm. they, they right. don't and take you there. Well, a better yeah, again, well, a better third with... movie would really make that resonate. It would actually provide you. Yeah, it, it clearly wants to go with this some kind of like middle ground version. I mean, that's the whole point of yellow lightsaber, which again is just obvious and not interesting. Uh, so it's like, yeah, all right, let's do that. But there's just a better way to do that, and which I ideally would make this movie and Last Jedi even better by by a by a, as a result. Right. And it just drops the ball in every single Yeah. I, so like, yeah, I, I make fun of the whole Death Star thing, but I'm forgiving of it as a first movie because The Last Jedi took us to a place where, okay, well, the third one is now a completely new ballpark that can can go anywhere. And well, they just could, don't. Yeah, that's, ex- I mean, yeah, I would be, I'm totally forgiving of The Force Awakens being The Force Awakens if they could just stick the landing because I was happy with The Last Jedi it was almost too much of a. It was almost too good where you could end the whole the saga right yeah, there. Actually, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, no, you can. You're totally right. It's it's a perfect. It's a good series finale. The so. Last Jedi almost could be the end of the whole thing. It's, I really so, yeah. like this explosion, yeah. by the way, because mm-hmm. you get a lot of you know it blows up and real big, and that's fun, and I like that too. But I like that this is just like oh, it turns into a sun, like that's actually yeah, that's pretty like cool. That. <laughs> I will say for it was like a disaster for the other planets nearby in terms of gravity and whatever else effects it could have. But still, I mean, it's a pretty cool yeah. idea for, for as many loose threads there are with this film. It's surprisingly self-contained. Like, I mean, it yeah, ends on a little bit of a cliffhanger, but everything like first order has been blowed up and, you know, true. they went through their whole adventure. It's not a hard cliffhanger. Yeah. And uh, the mission of the film is solved by the end because she finds Luke. That's the start of the crawl and we find him at the end. How long and, are the credits? Which, the it's only two hours? There's 18 minutes of credits coming up? For well, well, here's the thing about the the whole the, the sticking Mark Hamill at the very end of the movie. I don't think that should have been in the end of the movie. They yeah, it should just, end here. It just should fly, end not, flow, fly yeah. off and end. That's yeah. it. That would oh, solve like, a lot of problems. I like Luke, you don't love. I love. I love the end shot of. The, I love the score. I don't. I actually. I, I really. Luke. I. I really don't I like, like the end shot of this movie. I don't like the helicopter drag out. Oh, yeah, it was God, terrible. The Star Wars movie is really I, off. That's I don't bad. like. I don't like the long like pause that he's taken. It just doesn't register. To oh, me. I like all that. I like, I like, I have also, to, it's very. Also, it's like very. That. What you guys are talking Star- about is that's such a traditional Star Wars. Is no, it isn't. No, 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 no. I'm no, this is like the most unique ending. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's the no, Star I'm Wars saying, thing. 
No, I'm saying if you got your way, which is you end you end about here when they show everybody, I'm like, that's just such the normal Star Wars. That's no, no, like no, 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 they, they no, no, fly you, off. you end with the Millennium Falcon jutting off into light speed into space. That's the, that's not a, I mean, that's Empire basically actually come to think of it. But yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> but there's yeah. still, what it gives you is there's more coming. I'm excited about that. And there's mystery because I don't know what that's going to be exactly. They're out looking for Luke, I guess. Yeah, I basically know, I, the, I really, the end of this I love, movie. I love seeing Luke. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, we we wanted to see Luke. We would all be complaining about it, but then in ten years' time, we would not care I because mean, we would have seen Luke. If, well, he the biggest... not, if, he, if he wasn't on the poster for a year in advance, I don't think I'd really. Well, that's true. Seeing Luke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and here's but, the thing too: the big waste opportunity that people like to point out is they never the three of them, Mark Harry and uh, Mark never Harrison, have a scene together. Yeah, they never have a scene together. Yeah. Well, yeah. they do. They do in Last Jedi. What do you mean? No, not together. No, no. Where was not Harrison Ford in, not, in Last no, Jedi? Not, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm not sorry. All three, uh, not three, all of, three of them. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you said all three. I'm like, and that, really that is the fault of J.J. Abrams, not Ryan Johnson. Again, yep. um, very obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And where Luke we is, wanted. and where Luke is, that Johnson has to build off of is set up by Abrams, and yep. they like, what is he supposed to be that doesn't sound awful? Like, oh, he's Ray's father. Why did you leave us all? Like, why did you like <laughs> Ryan Johnson had to answer why the hell your Luke Skywalker isn't there helping and ran off and did all this? That's and he successfully biggest... he pulls it off and then they're mad. That's the <laughs> biggest car- that's the biggest curiosity I have. This running line of, well, it should have been planned out from the beginning, which is nonsense. But like what what is what was JJ's version of that then if he did stay on to make the second one? Like, what was his idea? I'm sure it probably wouldn't be very good. Skip it, jump ahead, and he's already just in the middle of it, and we'd never really found well, out. I think I think JJ's version would just be Empire Strikes Back again with Yoda Luke training like, yeah. Ray. Yeah. But there would be no conflict of it. It would just be like, oh, I okay. It would be not throwing the lightsaber. But would you it's, gloss would you gloss over? I love the, throwing the lightsaber. Like, no, I'm, not, I don't mind we're not, it. We're not criticizing but, that. Would, would it but it would it just gloss over the idea that he left and ditched everybody without addressing yeah. it. <laughs> like, it would be more blame on Kylo Ren and Snoke than it would have any fault of Luke. That's what oh, okay. So just make Luke a character. Another problem I have with this movie is that they fixed the red arm in the time of that last battle and the ending of the movie. Yeah, that's a weird like why set that up then? Yeah, <laughs> like, I never like, I don't why, think I why even do that? Yeah, that is weird. And the other yeah. thing, which even even JJ realized too, is uh, Leia and Chewie should have clearly bonded over the fact that Han's gone, not not yeah. Leia and, and Ray. It's like, right. all right, cool. We That's them. true. You're right. So, so this is like a Lord of the Rings ending. We, it didn't need to be here. Wait, what's wrong? Wait, what Lord of the Rings ending are you talking about? Wait, this, 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 this is all, this all, this all tacked s- on, sweeping shots of land. Well, what Lord of the Rings? Wait, you talking about the with the end of Lord of the Rings? No, it's just like two another ending. You know, Lord of the Rings had so a double, many a double ending. Oh, you're talking, about the, you're talking about Return of the King. He, okay. he's, yeah. using, he's using it as a way, as an adjective. Yeah. He's he's the Lord, the Lord of the Rings in it. I yeah, I really love this. I love the, the verb again. I love the, the use of the, the race score here. I love I, I, I mean, love. That, no one's like, denying like yeah. I mean, as far as they found a cool location, it sounds and looks great. I'm not denying this. I'm just saying. Eh, I'm sorry. It's, it's like been it. it's been how many years? I want to see Mark Hamill in this damn movie. I don't care. <laughs> can you wait? Like. This, I'm gonna this, see him in the next movie. This could have been no. in the second movie. No, people would have like, lost their shit had he not appeared in this movie. But that would have been great losing their shit. That, that would have been like such a like an epic thing to do. Like 
<laughs> you know, you got to have someone to get mad at something, but it would be again if his if he wasn't first build or second build. Yeah, Harrison's first build. If he wasn't second build in the poster a year in advance, I'd be like, eh. like if they, if he was Wait. just not on the poster at all, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm not expecting Luke. Just a <laughs> uh, question, Yancey. As I recall, you do like when we get to Last Jedi, you do like Luke throwing the lightsaber, right? Oh, it's great. Okay. Well, great. okay. Great the, the, Luke, the Luke stuff's not questioned by, by Yancey. He's cool for Luke. Luke in this, in this yeah, that was all great in Last Jedi. That was all every Luke. The, they, they did a beautiful job with Luke in Last Jedi. It's a great tribute to that character. That's Last Jedi as close as I can imagine to a, a Star Wars without George Lucas. You guys are talking about what did you expect when you first walked in? I knew not to expect much because I don't think you can do Star Wars without George Lucas. It is more auteur-ish uh, franchise than most. And I think that's a very distinctive vision. And without him, you just don't have it. That's my opinion. And I've not proved wrong to myself yet. So you're, you're digging Mandalorian. That's I do. I like that those that's Dave Filoni, at least, who is who has learned at the master. He understands Lucas. Yeah, he's the he's the Darth in. Maul to, to put the Palpatine that is Filoni yeah. <laughs> a lot better than 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 Abrams. Favreau Count Dooku? Is that where we're going with? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, this just this very, very, very long. But I just don't. It doesn't I like. I dig it. It doesn't do anything more there with it. It doesn't do anything for me because then it cuts to another sweeping shot where it's like the helicopter shot. And the Star Wars movie is obscene. There's too yeah. many of these little cut back and forth, and then it's like yeah, also it, a helicopter surrounding so, it. It's just it's like, so bad. Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings, but that's not Star Wars. <laughs> I, I guess I sort of see what you mean. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, but Lucas added new shots. Just look at Attack of the Clones, our favorite one to talk about here. But look how he changes his camera work when he gets there. Didn't that's allowed? But we can't add, huh? I'm not saying it's not allowed. It's just the execution here just didn't do anything for me. I mean, if even if she got to the even if she got to the planet, even if she got to the planet, walked up these steps, just held her hand out, and Luke turns around, takes his thing off. Cut to credits. That's better right there than like than constant back and forth. I'll, I'll give you. I can give you that. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not bothered by the helicopter shot. It's not even. I mean, again, I like this movie, but it's like <laughs> just the amount of stuff done there. It's like if you want me to weigh in on whether I like this or not, it's like eh, I'm not big on that part. Like, Wait, it's, so, just, it's just a lot. It's a lot to take. So Yancey, now I know you actually didn't mind Rise of Skywalker. So for you, of the nine Star Wars. So I'm not counting Rogue One and Solo of the nine Skywalker movies. Or the Ewok movie. Is this the worst? Is this the worst one to you? This is the worst one, except for if I could count Rogue One, that would be the worst one. But yeah, this is easy. Yeah, Rogue One. Yeah, I agree on that. But um, really, the worst of the nine. Like, Wait, like, so it's like Peter clearly made a thing of only the nine Star Wars movies. But you're like, I need to make this dig at Rogue One for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I get that I'm overbearing about it but i really really think it's obscene that george lucas is a lie he shouldn't have freaking sold it in the first place but it bought it, it really bothers what's important to me in the world to see them go on without lucas so uh, proudly lucas bothered. lucas didn't think they would ditch him like yeah this. that's the that's the thing i don't think he thought <laughs> yeah wait to be fair it was lucas that, himself, you know? that he did he made that decision no, no, no. He sold it with with the and he had his over. outline. He had an outline, and he would, they were going to go by his outline, and Abrams didn't want but, it, and they well, wanted Abrams so bad. It wasn't. It wasn't in the contract that they had to use his his outline. Yeah, he just assumed. Well, why wouldn't you? And of course, they wouldn't because of this maniacal anti-Lucas. Spurt. Yeah, because Lucas is like he's a humble guy, and he was like he just kind of thought that they it's would a handshake deal. Like, you know, he okay, thought that they I would take not. it. 
He's yeah. old fashioned. He, I can't believe Disney would do something insidious like that. I, uh, yeah. I have a, I have, I have my uh, little script here, and uh, yeah. no, no, yeah. okay, okay. Well, I, I, I worked really hard on it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to quit, but I had yeah. to. Uh, no, Stephen. So, no, they didn't like it, Stephen. They, they're gonna go with something else. <laughs> He, Wait, so he talks. He talks more to Francis than Stephen. You know, oh, you Francis. Know yeah. Well, they. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was interesting. The directors they prayed around. Like, I was really interested. They brought Matthew Vaughn in. Like, he was somebody they looked at, and I was like, "Oh, that could be really cool." But that didn't happen. But I don't. I can't remember other ones. Wasn't Fincher talked to? No, a lot of these are just like people that the internet thought would be cool like well I know, I know matthew vaughn was brought i know yeah around. i know matthew vaughn he was, was an actual sure. one. but but like people when people fan cast it and say like fincher and brad bird because okay. they're you know they know this stuff that's a lot more of i can kind of see that, brad bird of course well, brad bird felt like, because disney yeah. pixar it felt yeah andrew stanton like there's a lot of these that just feel like of course they probably gave they to him and then brad Ooh, bird's like bad. you know like yeah i'd love to do star wars but no one knocks both me those this. guys would have done so much better than this schmuck yeah, <laughs> hard to say. Andrew Stanton, Star Wars, or 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 or, or what's his name? Those would have been so much better than J.J. Abrams. It's a monument to unimaginative money making, and it's offensive to me. I can't, I can't believe you guys even like it at all. It's hard for me to fathom. <laughs> it really is. I feel this is where I broke with the mainstream. Really, for the first time, was the, was the, the reaction to this movie? I could not believe it. Well, you you broke from the mainstream by by liking Attack of the Clones. Yeah, you love the prequels. That was breaking. I was breaking from the mainstream, but <laughs> came out there were like sixty five percent Rotten Tomatoes. They all got pretty good reviews. It was none no, of this didn't. vicious. Phantom is at like a fifty seven, I believe, and Attack of the Clones is like at a sixty one or something like that. And then I, I go by I go by Siskel, uh, Siskel and Ebert, and they gave the Phantom Menace two thumbs up, and then they split when Attack of the Clones showed. Yeah, up. Ebert. Didn't yeah, like it's true. Clones, Ebert and... didn't like Attack of the Clones. That's Most true. critics had a different bone to pick with Lucas, which was for destroying Hollywood. That's their. That's the, the critics had their bone to pick, and the fans had their bones to pick, and Lucas was, uh, yeah. Well, Wait, at so least. David, you love the last. You love the Phantom Menace. Um, would you put the Phantom Menace above uh, what we just watched? Um, from okay, so from pure entertainment, I would still, I still think this is really well done. But as like a from a Star Wars point of view, I would rate the Phantom Menace higher. Huh? Okay, interesting. From like, what about yeah. Rise? The certain point of view. Rise, Rise is the very bottom of the barrel. Even Attack of the Clones is higher. Uh, <sighs> from I'm afraid uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. me, I mean, for me, it is too. I mean, but I mean, I was just wondering for you, like, yeah, because Rise of the Rise of Skywalker is that bad. <laughs> from writing, from action execution, like I can't even love the space battle. I can't even defend the movie from having the greatest action scenes there because there isn't. And that's unforgivable in, in Star Wars, really, because like it has to be at least entertaining to watch visually, but it's not. It's just really well bad. It's very bad. They 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 treat they did uh, Finn poorly. They did Rose poorly. They did uh, Leia just keeled over and died. And I know she died already, but well, so yeah, many- I always feel like I I try to. I give them a pass on Leah because she died. So I don't know what they could do. So she just walks off screen and dies. I have the balls to recast. I don't, I, I think Carrie yeah. Fisher. I mean, like that would be, 
I mean, you it, could. I don't think they're. I'm willing to bet you won't see a Princess Leia ever again in a Star Wars thing. That is true. You're you know, are you willing to bet? You know, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not well, willing. To bet. I mean, they made a solo movie, so I mean, well, who cares? I mean, but they. I mean, you're gonna see. You're gonna see a, Luke again as a, with a different actor. They're there, going there's to a, hit that point. There's a separation though, which between the Skywalker saga versus the whatever other spinoffs and things that they. But do. But if you want to tell your story uncompromised and just bite the bullet, do it. I mean, they they are known as people, but they're parts. Like, I think that's the hardest thing with fandom to understand. They probably don't latch on to theater or anything like that. But these are, I mean, these people have made these parts. They're iconic in them, but they are parts. They can be played. But at the same time, you just, you just make a better movie. I mean, that's, that's, well, yeah, that's that's obviously (laughs) that, but I mean, well, well, Leo, Leo will still be around. They'll just put her in comic books and novels. That's it. No, oh, they're not gonna. You will see another actor play. There'll, Princess be, there'll Leia. be a movie. So it'll be a like... younger Princess Leia or a Princess Leia at a different time, or maybe even during the times we see. Yeah. I, I imagine we'll see. Well, I mean, Luke Leia they, Han. They, they, yeah, they use her holograms and Clone Wars and and you know Rebels and stuff like right. that. I don't know. Well, actually, not Rebels, but wait, is Mandalorian five years after Jedi? Yes. So we could we could absolutely have somebody play Princess Leia. If yep, they yeah. went that route, that's what, I, they that's could. what I'm saying. You could, yeah. they're, they're, it's a stretch. down the line. Give them some years, yeah. get some yeah. distance, it'll happen. So, Brent, how long I'm not saying tomorrow, tomorrow in the Mandalorian, Princess Leia shows up played by who knows. I'm saying, like, give us five what years. What if that happens? What if we all watch Mandalorian tomorrow? And it's like, well, they brought Leia back in this. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like Thrawn's coming, and they're like Leia. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm just saying, I I don't put it past I, him to do that. I don't think they will because that that would just make Mando the like the Forrest Gump of Star Wars. He just has all these funny adventures with all I these people. I don't disagree, but the second season's been pretty effective at bringing in lore. I mean, granted, it's from expand, you know, like the Clone Wars and Rebels and whatnot, as opposed to Star Wars Prime. But uh, I mean, right. Down the road, though, with the continued other Disney Plus series that you know they're going to make, not just the ones they announced last week, but in the years to come, so there's going to be all that stuff. Like, so what? Thing. What happened to Ryan Johnson's trilogy? That's uh, what I want to know. We don't never, know yet. Never canceled. I mean, no one's ever. I mean, it's just they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's I almost think it's like they, I think it's because they're gun shy on movies. I mean, they got the rogue, the Rogue Squadron thing. That's something and Taika Waititi whatever he's doing but as far they I think they want to know what those are going to do before they make more movies. I just want to see Star Wars movies that are I want them to do what they've done really well with Marvel is I I really like man I like Mando I totally do I can feel Yancey's eyes rolling no 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 I think (laughs) Yancey likes Mando you do but Marvel movies yeah. Oh, well, okay. But but the yeah. Marvel movies in general, except for the next Black Widow and the first Captain America, they keep moving the story forward in the timeline. I don't, it feels very much like they've trapped themselves within like the Clone Wars and like, and I guess around Star Wars, like they don't really want to move, they don't want to move forward. And so I'm always like, I don't want to see another movie in that. So I'm hoping that whatever Taiki Waititi does, I'm hoping it's after this or after Rise of Skywalker. Well, isn't isn't Patty Jenkins' movie after Rise of Skywalker? There's a there's a there's a Is theory it? that there's, makes me feel. Hold on, hold on. There's a there, hold on. There, hold on. There okay. is a theory because of the X-wing design that's on the te, the you know the concept poster 
that you know the logo reveal for Rogue Squadron that's you know an X-wing that's more in line with the sequel trilogy than before that that logic suggests it takes place within this oh, timeline or afterwards. Well, that could be cool. All right. Yeah, but that's also very speculative. I'm not saying it's impossible. Right. If anything, it's more than likely because kids are the age of the sequel trilogy. They probably want to see more stuff of the <sighs> sequel trilogy right now. So I wouldn't be surprised. I also, don't... I got to say, David, I'm assuming you like Mando, but but with your disdain for Attack of the Clones, I was so happy when... Um, when uh, Boba Fett said, what does he say? I'm just a simple man making my way in the universe. <laughs> Which is a callback to Attack of the Clones. So I hate Attack of the Clones as a movie. I don't hate what's in it. Oh yeah, the world building is... You know, you know, I like I like Jango Fett. I like Count Dooku. I hate the those bugs. Geonosians. Mm-hmm. Wait, what <laughs> bug? Geonosians. Oh, the, the flying creatures on Geonosians. The ones who who craft the Death Star in the future. They make the oh, design. Oh, eh, they're okay. They're I right. don't. I mean, they're fine. Yeah, I, I just but, think execution wise, I I love the I like the clones. I just think the ex- execution of that movie being such a heavily digital thing, just it just it's crap. Wait, are you saying you don't like Dex from the diner? Yeah, I was, I was thinking immediately to Dex's diner. <laughs> <laughs> The cloners. That's Aaron's favorite character. We talked about just, him all the time. When he says it depends on how big your, I didn't oh, think he was going to say pocketbook. Pocket. I, he was, I wipe my digital mustache. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I, I think Yancey defends the diner more than I do, but I don't hate the diner thing like a lot of people do. No, I, I mean, no, overall, I really, it does the diner doesn't bother me. It just, it's just the, the sum of all of the parts are just not great. So you <laughs> just, were, so when Boba Fett showed up in Mando and he said the line, "You were you 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 smiled." Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it, no it that, was. That's all, yeah, that's it's a nice it's a nice callback. Yeah. Our bombs or whatnot. The thing I don't. With, the thing with Attack of the Clones against me is that Obi Wan's like playing a detective movie, but he also doesn't know how libraries work. I just that doesn't compute. Right. In my head. <laughs> it's just, there's so much of that. Half of that movie is Obi Wan going on this hunt, and that first chase scene is is so ridiculous. Jango Fett hires um, that one. Yeah, you know, the, the other one. Zam Weasel. Yeah. Zam Wassell, and then the Zam Wassell hires these the droids, and the droids hires these centipedes, and it, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, who's actually doing the bounty hunting here? You know, it's, it's just so stupid. And, oh, I like that sequence. I I get what you're saying about how silly that all is. I, I like that scene, but it was just such I, a I get what you're really, He really wants to cover up that paper trail. That's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's just like, yeah, really diplomatic just, assassinations are a different story, guy. Let me tell you. I can't just hide it, just do a sniper bolt through a window. I need to hire 14 other people to do the job for me. But yeah, I I mean, I love yeah, I like that uh, Count Dooku. I I oh, yeah, it took too long for him to get to it. Oh, and I love I love uh Camino. I love those aliens. I love oh, that. Boring. Yeah, no one's arguing the world building aspect of this stuff. They're I mean, it's boring though. There's so much I mean, about Carl on this Force Awakens commentary, and the movie's been over for a little bit now. So let's wrap <laughs> this up. <laughs> we'll be back next year, I suppose, with our right our last Jedi commentary track. Right. Um, to talk more about the, the exact same stuff. Um, I, I, I bet. Uh, and we'll have you know more ideas of what's coming in the you know the future of Star Wars. But with with all of that said, we hope everyone's been somewhat entertained by our force awakens and more commentary track um with that in mind where can people find more of your guys's work online let's start with brandon and get all his stuff out of the way uh the brandon peter show it's, you can subscribe to it on apple iHeartRadio, radio spotify anywhere podcasts are found brandonpetershow.com 
Uh, I actually have an episode for the Star Wars Holiday Special up, so you can... Well, that's going to come out maybe after this a little bit, but uh, check that out. It's a lot of fun. My guest is Jen Eads. She's a podcasting producer, and she has a very successful uh, business called the Brassy Broadcasting Company. And yeah, uh, and then after that, I'm taking a little bit of a week off, so... That's me. Oh, Brandon4KUHD on Twitter and Instagram. Peter Paris, where can people find more of you? I'm going to have my top 10 games and my top 10 uh, movies, although I need to make sure I've seen 10 movies, um, at whysoblue.com. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram is Pajamo. Nancy Burns. God knows. God knows where I'll pop up next. I, I, I'm not <laughs> producing enough stuff, but eventually I will be again, and I'll use this as a vehicle to promote it when I do. So thanks for the offer. I wish I had more to, to sell. David, yeah? EndorExpress.net, although it's been kind of quiet, but you can find uh, Endor Express on Instagram as well for the latest Galaxy's Edge and Star Tours kind of stuff. You can find all of the things I do over at We Live Entertainment and Why So Blue. And I have new things for Variety coming next year. And my personal blog, thecodeisic.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Every episode of this podcast you can find on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all of our things. You know where you can find all our stuff. And it's all in the show notes as well. I want to thank, once again, Brandon, Peter, Yancey, and Dave for joining me for this Force Awakens commentary track. Thank you. That was fun. Pleasure to be here. Too much of an asshole. May the force be with you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that is going to do it for this week's or this month's commentary track. January, we don't even, we already have the plan, guys. We're going to do a Thomas. Thomas Harris uh, series of films. We're going to talk about all of the Hannibal features. We're going to talk about Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, Mm. Manhunter again. Uh, Hannibal <laughs> and uh, Hannibal Rising, and we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be we're gonna have a fun first five months of the year. And if you look from Star Wars, they're always good when they rise. Exactly, it's always the best one. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. But yeah, so stay tuned for a very interesting series of films to talk about in the coming months ahead. But until next time, thank you once again for listening. So long and goodbye. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. 